welcome to the Tuesday show. I am James Chen, once again joined here in the flesh by Mr. Ultra David. How you doing? I'm doing great, literally here in the flesh with my flesh and everything. That's how I like to think about myself as primarily made of flesh, and I'm here with it to talk about video games with James on Tuesday in person. Uh, I would have added more to that, but I'm flesh out of ideas on how to add more times to use the word flesh, so... Welcome to the Tuesday Show, everybody. We're going to be talking about these topics up here. As you can see, the beginning is going to be all about Lab Zero. A lot of bummer uh, news coming out of that front. We'll definitely get We're going to talk about Capcom's punishment of punk for stuff that happened at the last CPT Online NA West. We're going to have some interesting 5-5 matchup discussion points, both some ideas that we have come up with, as well as some good ones, I think, from the viewers. Little bit of game news, there's not a whole lot, and then there's some other interesting community news to talk about this week. Uh, both some interesting stuff, like I said, as well as some uplifting stuff, and you know, maybe some less uplifting stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, look, obviously, we're in lockdown, quarantine, pandemic. It's definitely affecting a lot of things and, and causing a lot of uh, interesting situations to happen, but. In a weird way, sometimes it's it's a bummer to hear about all these things, but in the other yeah. hand, it's like, okay, you know what? Let's learn about these things now, and hopefully we can do better in the future. There's that right. silver lining for to it for sure. Absolutely right. So let's, I guess, begin by talking about Lab Zero, and this is definitely an example of that. So, of course, Mike Z has been working at Slash, was part owner, and I guess now is the owner of... Lab Zero, which has made Skullgirls as well as Indivisible. Um, he, not long ago, a couple months, a few months ago at this point, uh, said a really tasteless racist joke on stream. Um, not long after that, there were some DMs showing that he acted uh, pretty badly in some people's DMs. And that turns out to have not just been a couple of instances of bad behavior. Um, that turns out to have been part of a pattern of bad behavior, of, of hostility, and of insults and threats, uh, lies, harassment, um, all according to people who have worked with him at Lab Zero. So, you know, right off the bat, let me say that James and I have known Mike for a very long time, a couple decades, and he's been on this show, including not long ago also. I mean, honestly, like a month before those statements that he made. Right. So this is the guy that we have known, or I guess that maybe at least I thought I knew pretty well. Um, I wouldn't say that we were close friends. You know, we didn't keep up very much, but I would certainly see him a few times a year, and it was cool. And I don't know. I anyway, um, according to people who he's worked with at Lab Zero, uh, he has engaged in this pattern of negative behavior, and many of them had experienced it themselves, but hadn't sort of thought to view it as a pattern because they hadn't talked about it very much amongst themselves. But they have, in more recent times, talked about it amongst themselves. And once they did, what they said on Twitter was that they started to realize that this is a pattern. This is an ongoing yeah. thing that Mike has not made the changes that he told people individually that he would make, both within Lab Zero and outside of Lab Zero, that he has continued to do this stuff, and they're tired of it. 
you know, they're... The, the important thing to note is that Mike would have apparently have a pattern of doing really nice things and then being kind of a jerk. And then, yeah. you know, he would always bring up the nice things to try to make it as an excuse you know, like, oh, but I did this nice thing. So, so you know, individually, each person just thought to themselves, well, okay, it was just, that's just how he is. But then eventually, you know, after the joke came out and more investigations were put into place, they started to see that it was an experience that, like, everybody was having. And it was more yeah. a pattern of behavior and kind of this manipulation you know, uh, like almost kind of strategic manipulation of the situation. Right, right. That is how it sounds. And this kind of thing has come out of, at this point, I think four or five separate Lab Zero employees. Um, mm. And now former employees because they have left. But that's it. So it's not like it's allegations by one person. Instead, it's clearly something that many people have experienced and have all reported similar things on and were tired of. And so the, the story that they've told is that, uh, according to my understanding, Lab Zero was supposed to have been going through a process of, of uh, employee ownership in which employees would have equity in the company itself and the corporation itself and would um, at some point become owners. And that that process was happening when Mike said the things on stream and the DMs came out and that kind of shot that process down through some way that I'm not super clear on, he was transferred 100% ownership from the other people who owned it. It was as, like, a, I guess, some, some part of this process. Yeah, it was like some sort of temporary thing after, right. you know, uh, it was a temporary, it was supposed to be temporary. And then last year in 2019, they were supposed to be on the road to turning the company into a completely employee owned company. Exactly. Exactly. But in any case, for now, Mike is the, I guess, sole owner of Lab Zero. Yeah. And so when the employees began speaking with Mike about these issues after they had discussed amongst themselves, they asked him to step aside, you know, to leave and, and give up ownership. Yeah. And it seems like maybe there were some talks that that could have happened, and then Mike ultimately rejected it. By the way, and by the way. Because he had 100% ownership, it's up to him. By the way, before we keep going, I'm just, I just want to address the idea that the people that he was harassing at the company need to have thicker skin or something like that. That's all complete, utter bullshit, okay? I'm just going to say that right here. It's complete fucking bullshit, okay? When somebody has abusive behavior, that is abusive behavior. You don't tell people just to deal with it and hold on to it and stuff like that. You root that shit out, dude. That is not something that you tell people just to have a thicker skin or, oh, maybe the people he worked with should have been better, you know, should have been less, you know, less, you know, like sensitive or whatever like that. It is complete fucking bullshit and I don't want to see any of that shit in the chat right now. Seriously. So as far as what exactly Mike Z did and said, um, there were tweets put out by some of the employees and I guess people who have now resigned from Lab Zero. Most of them were not directly like, here's what he said. They were not mostly 
concrete examples of what was said. I think it was more that they discussed patterns. Some of them did say, like Kinoko uh, did say that she'd been subject to harassment by him, um, you know, sexual comments about her body and clothes and uncomfortable mm -hmm. jokes and, and that sort of stuff. In general, that's they didn't explicitly say what it was. But again, there's this pattern of, uh, as she puts it, uh, a pattern of hostility, insults, threats, lying, and harassment that many on our team had not openly shared with each other before. Um, and so, you know, this is something that is clearly not just one person's experience. It's, it's clearly many people's experience. Uh, I'm totally with you. This is not something that I would want in a work environment at all. That sounds very negative. It's not something that I would want to be a part of, certainly. Um, and it's, it's very disappointing. So to go back to the story, Mike has 100% ownership of Lab Zero. And because of that, it's up to him if he wants to leave or not. And he doesn't. And he didn't. So instead, the people who work there have yeah. begun to leave. Um, some of them even a few months ago. Uh, and now more of them are leaving. So, you know, these are, these are people who were high up in the process. You know, I mean, these are not uh, uh, people who didn't have much control. You know, these are people who had a lot of say in how Skullgirls turned out, Indivisible turned out. I mean, these are uh, key members of the operation who are, who are already leaving. Um, so with that news, Autumn Games uh, put out a statement with Hidden Variable, which I will read a little bit of here. Mm -hmm. uh, so effective immediately, they will no longer be working with Mike Z or with Lab Zero Games. Uh, I should say right off the bat, Autumn Games is, has been the publisher and owner of the IP yes. of, of Skullgirls. So they'll no longer be working with Lab Zero uh, or with Mike Z. Um, instead, yeah, Autumn Games is the official IP holder. So they talk a little bit about the community and how important it is. And then they say that Hidden Variable and Autumn are committed to investing in the ongoing development of Skullgirls without the involvement of Lab yeah. Zero or Mike Z Zaymont. We plan to work with the many talented individuals who are leaving Lab Zero to build new Skullgirls content moving forward, including the Annie launch on Skullgirls Mobile in the coming months and her launch in Skullgirls Second Encore in 2021. Beyond Annie, we intend to continue working together to provide new Skullgirls content for everyone in the community to enjoy for years to come. Um, you know, I guess before we start talking about it, we should say that people who are in the more dedicated Skullgirls community have been. Uh, you know, reacting to this as, as you might expect, um, very upset and disappointed. You know, upset yeah. to have learned that somebody that they uh, thought of as a friend uh, has had this really bad pattern of behavior. Um, upset because, at least until this announcement, it kind of people were worried. Is Skullgirls over? You know, does it, people just not want to play the game anymore? Is Andy not going to come out anymore? It was up in the air. This right. statement hopefully should address some of that. But big concern among the community members. You know, I, I get it. So, um, all right, I think that's sort of the news of it. Tell me what you're thinking. I mean, for one, you know, a lot of the people who worked on the game are right. You know, they have worked on the game. Skullgirls is a passion project from many people, not just Mike Z. Obviously, Mike Z had a lot to do with the game engine 
And, uh, you know, especially the way that he tried to make it kind of a love letter to MVC2. So you can see the game's influence that way. Regardless of that, though, the game was still created by a lot of people. And so the idea of boycotting the game isn't particularly, you know, a, a reasonable solution because that also hurts a lot of the people who are victims of this as well. So a lot of the people who worked on the game said, please continue supporting the game. Like they said, they're going to keep working on the game without Lab Zero. So for sure, don't see this as an excuse to just be like, oh God, I'm not going to work on this game. I'm not going to play this game anymore. But if that is your decision, again, not going to argue with that because some people have decided to just disassociate themselves with the game at this point in time. So yeah. uh, at this point, uh, you know, like I said, try not to... Make Form your own, I guess, conclusion at this point in time, but understand that supporting the game still does not mean that you are solely supporting Mike Z because you're supporting a lot yeah. of these other people. And, you know, hopefully the way that the letter was written by Harvest Games, you know, that they'll hire some of the people who left Lab Zero maybe and actually just bring them on directly uh, to work on the game. You know, that's... By, uh, by, hidden, by hidden Variable and, and Autumn Games. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hidden Variable. That's what it was? Okay. I thought it was Harvest. I got the H and the V mixed up. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I hope that, you know, that is what they end up doing. Uh, obviously, this is very disappointing because, like you said, you know, I've known Mike for years. You know, uh, we were two of the first MVC2 combo video makers. I've known him for a long time. He was a prominent Third Strike player, and then we talked about video games all the time and everything, but... You know, to learn this about him is disappointing. It's just it's frustrating, and uh, it's it's upsetting. And so at this point, I mean, look, sometimes you, this is this is feels like something I've been saying a lot this year, right? I mean, it, it's finding out more about people that you thought you knew, and uh, being yeah. disappointed by it. And so I don't know, like. Do I feel desensitized to it at this point in time? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but it is upsetting. You know, it is ups like I feel bad that, you know, we did have him on the show before and, you know, kind of gave him an outlet and everything like that. But yeah, uh, at this point, you know, uh, you just go and take what you've learned and try to move forward with that. And um, that's all we can really do at this point in time. Yeah, it's a big bummer. I'm usually not very good at remembering when people do bad things. I, I, I have a real hard time keeping a grudge and stuff. So I, because of that, I just forget if somebody like wrongs me or some of my friends. I just can't remember it. Uh, but I do have friends who are way better at remembering that kind of thing and also are really good friends with Mike, have been really good friends with Mike. And I'm not aware of them having been aware of this kind of stuff. So, you know, when I first read about it, uh, I, I well, you know, to be honest, I was maybe less surprised than I would have been if this had come out before he said the, you know, racist joke, before he, the thing about his DMs came out. Right. I would have been really surprised. Maybe I'm less surprised now, but I, I was still, you know, yeah, I was let down. I was disappointed. Uh, I, I don't know. It felt, it, it's very strange. It continues to be very strange. And I don't think that I'm desensitized to it. I'm... You know, I I didn't realize it. Other people, like I said, who I think are better at realizing that stuff also didn't realize it. 
but it still feels bad. It it, yeah. it feels bad. Yeah. Um, I'm. I don't know if. I have known him for a long time. Um, I also uh, I used to work with Lab Zero uh, as a lawyer. Full disclosure, I was their initial lawyer uh, many years ago. Uh, I haven't done work for them in some years, but you know I I did help them, and I'm really happy in the sense that that like helped get Skullgirls going. I mean, not me, but you know that then they they did the work. It's great to have at least contributed a little bit to that. But it's now it feels bad that I contribute in a way to this negative atmosphere <laughs> by not even knowing it. I don't know. I mean, right. I, I, there's just all these weird feelings that come up knowing this now, and I second-guess myself as a result, and it just sucks. Yeah, I mean, I know, it like, er, er, early on, he brought the game to my home, so I tested the beta, I gave him advice, I tried doing as much as I could to help you know, to help them with the game and everything like that. And it's just like, at this point in time, yeah, you, you, you kind of feel bad about it. But I still remember when I worked at Nexon, one of my coworkers there, uh, her husband worked at Lab Zero. And, you know, she used to talk about that and, you know, talk about her husband, you know, trying to make the game work and everything like that. And I always think back to that kind of situation for this context. And then, you know, I've met, Kinoko before, uh, you know, we were part of a karaoke group at one point in time. And so, like, you know, I know a lot of these people, and they're all good people. And so I just, you know, think to myself that by supporting the game, these were also the people that we supported. And there's a lot of uh, good people out there that, you know, we did help uh, with, you know, promoting the game and, and, and you know, just uh, having the game get made and such. But you you got to be honest when somebody who even if he was a friend of yours turns out to be a jerk. I mean, you have to you have to be you have to be willing to change how you view that person. Yeah. I mean, it, there's just that's the only way to operate, I feel. So when you know, I know that Sonic Fox got some slack some some flack when they put up that they were disappointed and oh, how you know, people were saying, "How could you ditch this guy?" Right? You've been friends with him for a while. And right. They were mad at Fox, you ha you have to be, you have to be honest about it. And yeah. part of that is if you are friends with the person, and you think that they've messed up, you have to, you should say it. You know, you you, you have to let your friend know that they have screwed up and sort of help them move through it. Um, so I mean, I you know I've tried to talk with some of my friends who have been in these positions before, Mike among them, and that hasn't worked. It. Well, not in Mike's case, anyway, and I know that there were other people who did the same with him, and that clearly hasn't worked, you know. So at some point, you have to be honest about it and realize that there's something else going on there that you're not going to be able to like fix your buddy. Uh, as as sad as it is, and as disappointing as it is, you know, sometimes people aren't who you thought that they were. Sometimes there's yeah. something else in them that makes them, uh, you know, a, a bad boss that that makes them create a real negative environment for other people who you like and respect other friends of yours that's not to be put up with yep you know i mean you you have to i i totally agree i was just gonna say this shay you you have to take responsibility for your friends to some extent and if they are constantly screwing up to some degree that's on you for remaining friends on with them right i mean the the idea of being loyal is 
is great in some ways. In some ways, there's a negative side to it, though. I mean, there's there's a side that can be the origin of even more negativity that can lead to even worse stuff. And that's the kind of thing that you have to be real careful and, and not get sucked into. That sucks. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... well, we got to talk about our feelings. I mean, the look, a major theme of this year is that we are going to try to do better in the future. It's got to be a major theme of this year. After the past several months, all the bad stuff that's come out in the FGC, like you said, there's a silver lining to that, and that is that now that we know that these things have been going on, we have to act better, we have to create better environments, we have to create better rules, we have to create better enforcement. There's a lot of work to do. This is the time to do it. This It's the time to do it. I do not want an environment in which people are attacked. I do not want an environment, whether it's this work experience or whether it's at FGC events itself, I don't want an environment in which it's cool to attack people, to, to be bigoted, to sexually harass anybody. It's time to get rid of that stuff. This is the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I said, it's kind of a frustrating situation. I guess it's less maybe that I'm desensitized to it, but it's just like it is so frustrating that it's almost like you kind of don't want to think about it. You know what I mean? It's just like I don't want to get my brain to process it. And it's interesting because, like, you know, the more we're talking about it here, the more it is kind of processing now. And I'm just getting kind of depressed over it at this point, you know. Uh, I get it. But it is a situation where, you know, like you said, we have to we have to be real about the situation. We have to understand it a lot more. And again, you know, uh, you know, speaking to the whole idea of what's bullshit and what's not, you know, the whole idea that, you know, FGC is growing soft is bullshit as well. The fact that we let it run rampant before is what made us soft. Yeah, we let you know, that happen. The fact that we are cracking down on this shit means that we're being less soft now. We're not going to tolerate this shit. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people still, like I said, they always try to think of it as this negative way. Oh, you know, this guy's being a jerk. Whoa, blah, 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 blah. You know, everything like that. Let's ban him or whatever. No, again, what we're doing is we're trying to create an environment where more people are welcome by removing the bad people from the environment. Like I said, by allowing the jerks, the allowing the assholes to run rampant in the community and not giving them the punishment, that's being soft because we're limiting yeah. now who is going to want to join our community and who feels comfortable here. If we remove one bad person, so that a bunch of other people can feel more welcome. If people see that the fighting community is not soft and actually strong enough to ban people regardless of their uh, popular dev or a nobody, that means that we're actually cracking down and not being soft. Yep, I absolutely agree with that. Mm -hmm. So for people who are more dedicated Skullgirls players, I I hope that this... I'm sure it's it's tough to deal with. I mean, it's tough to deal with for me as just somebody who considered Mike to be his friend. Um, but I hope that they don't feel like they need to quit the game. I know that I've seen some prominent members of the scene talk about this publicly. Um, on the one hand, maybe they 
there's they're different takes, right? Different takes, I mean, as, as you would expect. Some people are still going to play, they have said, some people said that they won't, some people have said that they won't, then are uh, thinking about it still, you know, it's... I don't know, I mean, do what makes you happy, and if you don't feel like you can support it, that's okay, but I, I hope that there's not a feeling that they need to avoid the game, because like you said, many other people worked on it. Right. And from now on, it seems that, you know, Lab Zero Mike is not going to be involved in it at all moving forward, based on the statement from Hidden Variable and Autumn. Yeah. We're working for a better environment. And like I said, that is the last way that you can describe this as getting soft. Because honestly, the people who want to describe this as getting soft are the people who feel like that they're the ones that are going to get affected by it and they're going to get oppressed by it. And if that's the case, then, and you think we're getting soft by trying to ban hateful speech and hateful and, and disgusting behavior and stuff like that, I don't know, maybe then you should go too. <laughs> you know? I mean, literally, <laughs> that's just how it is. It's like, if we can create an environment that's uh, better for people, and like I said, I just this whole narrative of things going soft. It's people who say they, they things are going soft is because they don't want to change. They don't want to look deep within themselves. They don't yeah. want to understand that they have a responsibility to be a decent human being. That's just, that's just what it is. If you're going to come in here crying about SJW or whatever like that, you know, that's because you're part of the problem and you don't want to have that responsibility. You don't want to gain responsibility nor respect nor maturity for your own actions. And that's what it takes to become a mature human being is understanding how what you do, how what you say affects other people. I've always, I, for my, at least the last half of my life, I've always believed that true maturity comes from understanding how your actions affect other people and that everybody else is different than you. And as long as you respect other people's right to be different than you, that is maturity. You don't deserve respect as soon as you disrespect someone else first. So if you're sitting here thinking that other people are soft because they've been disrespected, that doesn't fly. That just doesn't fly for me. So. Me too, man. I'm with you. I think that's very well said. <clears throat> anyway, it's really disappointing. It sucks. Yeah. Um, my my hope is that we. I I want to know, all this stuff. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard in granular detail, both to keep it in mind and also to keep finding out more because it's just it drags you down. But it it's really important that we like root this out. Mm -hmm. I don't know who else this is going to be about in the future. It seems like we can't have already been done with it, you know. But. We, we have to know. We have to find out. We yeah, have to start yeah, moving yeah. forward. And the, the way to do that is to get the knowledge about who, if anybody else, is doing this kind of stuff, is behaving badly. Yeah, it's hard sometimes, but you got to find out, treat it seriously, and, you know, even if it's about something or somebody who you think of as a friend, don't just rush to defend that person mindlessly. Yeah, you know, speak with your friends instead, and and try to get them to act better. That is, the, in my view, that's what a friend does—not yeah. just not just mindlessly defend. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, part of maturity is just understanding different people and how they are. And yeah, it's very easy to have a situation. And, you know, a lot of people will try to say, oh, God, that there's no way. But, like, it's very possible to be friends with someone and not know the truth about what kind of person they are. We've had a few people talk about this in the stream already, you know, yeah. uh, you know, saying that, you know, this person that I knew turned out that they're in jail for this, you know, and it's, it's very possible because a lot of the times I think deep down inside those people know it's not the right thing either. And so it's not public. They don't talk about it, right? <laughs> they do it, but they kind of know it's not one of those acceptable things. So they don't talk about it. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a frustrating situation because, you know, you know, obviously, you know, you talk about Skullgirls, you want to talk about like uh, Netcode is such a big thing in our community right now. Mike Z has kind of been on the forefront of that and, you know, done a lot yeah. of great things for uh, Rollback Netcode and Skullgirls. I was just recently talking about how good the Netcode is in that game and everything. And, uh, you know, you want to separate the, the, the art from the artist sometimes, but sometimes right. it's hard to do, you know. Sometimes it's really hard to do. Definitely. <sighs> so moving forward, I mean, it's really my hope that Mike, I don't know, figures out a way to stop doing this. Or maybe, I don't know what state he's even at, that he realizes that it's a problem in the first place. I don't, you know, I just don't know what, what yeah, stage yeah, he's yeah. in, this kind of thing. But I hope that he works through it. I mean, I... I would like to have him as a friend. I don't feel like I can right now, but in the future that would be nice. So I wish luck to him in that sense, but I'm I'm definitely more concerned with the other people who have been working there. And I hope that they can find better situations for themselves if it's with uh you know one of the if it's with Autumn or if it's with Hidden Variable or with it's if it's with someone else. I hope that they find better situations. They're very talented people. You know they're very nice people. All the all the ones that I've met there, some of them, some of them I've been friends with. Uh, I I wish them best of luck yeah. moving forward. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Mm. Very talented indeed. All right. Yeah. I mean, it, Any... it's it, it, it's yeah. interesting because I always wonder too. You know, if this is just also one of those because you know this is a topic you and I talk about a lot is the the people that come into power. The people who get that kind of ability, they tend to lose empathy. You know, you we, we I know we've talked about it on the show before, but are you telling me about the the Monopoly experiment where they got the two people and they started them with different amounts of money and the one who had all the money was all boisterous and like was taking all the free candy on the table and the one right. <laughs> you know, it's like and even though they came from, you know, the same background, but you just put them in that situation where they get power and all of a sudden it's just like, it just, it goes to their head and such. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of situation. And I just, it's, I hate it because it's, it's so much of a pattern that I see a lot. Or is it just that assholes tend to be good at getting into power, right? Yeah. That, that could be another one too. Yeah, I really like the phrase. I was yeah. just going to say it. Uh, uh, yeah. War Pickle. War Pickle says it, yeah. Power doesn't corrupt, it reveals. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. 
good, good, good response. Good, good quote there from War Pickle. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, anything else to say on this one? Uh, no. No, no. Uh, Look, I, I was saying before. Different people have different reactions to this, just like they have with the previous things that have happened that Mike Z did. Um, there's no orthodoxy in terms of how people respond. Of course, there will be different different takes on this, but you know, I hope that people, if they want to keep playing Skullgirls, I think that they can do it without feeling bad. I understand why they would feel bad, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that it I think it can be done if they don't if they want to. Yeah. All right. I know that's a pretty tight knit community. That's GC. Been around a long time yeah. at this point. That's boy. That's a good seven, eight years. That yeah, it's been around for a while. I mean, it's something like that, right? It's been quite a while. Yeah. It's, All right. It's so. been there for a while now. So so hopefully, hopefully, like I said, uh, the community that does continue to want to support the game because it is a good game can keep supporting the game. And that's the other thing, too. I guess the most important thing that I was trying to state early, when I started this, the, the best TLDR of it is, different. like you said, different people have different reactions. If someone loves the game enough to want to still play it to support the other people who worked on the game, you know... Don't go up to them and be like you're you're you then are you are a Mike Z lover then if you do, you know what I mean that's that's not the answer right if they want to support it and they say they're supporting it because they like all the other people that worked on the game and they still enjoy the game and they've met so many great friends in their community you know and and you know and have had the opportunity to travel and things like that that's absolutely valid for them to keep playing so there you go. Okay. All righty. You want to move on to the next topic here? Sure. Let's talk about another fun topic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, last week we talked about the initial part of this for a while. This is something that happened, I believe, on Wednesday, the punishment itself. But the origin of it is that in Capcom Pro Tour Online North America West 1, which at this point was a week and a half ago, Punk and Alex Myers were playing a match. This is online, of course, and it was laggy. Punk, from his perspective, it was really laggy. You know, you could see it in his stream. And Myers beat him and moved into top eight by doing so. And Punk got mad. He got mad on stream. He got mad in Discord. He got mad on Twitter. (laughs) And he said a lot of stuff that he shouldn't have said. Yes. Uh, I don't think the last time we talked about the fact that he got mad in Discord. I think I found out about that later. Yeah, I didn't know about that initially either. Yeah, it it turns out that it wasn't just him being mad at Myers. It was also that he yelled at Alex Valle, you know, organizers of the event, which is, you know, not good either. So he later, he then uh, closed his Twitter for a while. Then he apologized to Alex. Alex accepted. Alex Valle at first. He apologized to Alex Valle first. And then oh, he... And then he apologized to Alex Myers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so they they both accepted the apology. The next day or the day after, Capcom announced that it had its own punishment for this. So that tweet by Capcom was not long. It just said, in part, at the conclusion of the match, Punk engaged in unsportsmanlike conduct against tournament organizer Alex Valle on Discord and player Alex Myers on Twitter. 
this was a clear violation of the CPT code of conduct. Under normal circumstances, such behavior would result in a suspension from multiple premieres. However, given the limited number of qualifying events this season, such a ban has excessive consequences. Capcom has therefore ruled that should he choose to participate, Punk will automatically start in the loser's bracket in the North America West 2 qualifier. We recognize that this has been a frustrating year, but threats and insults among our top players cannot be tolerated. We hope that this ruling closes this issue, and then all parties can move on from the incident. So, in short, they are going to have him start in loser's side of the next CPT that he can enter, the only other CPT that he can enter of the year. What do you think about... <laughs> I would say a couple, a couple things on this. Um, oh, and, and maybe even before we do this, so Punk then put up a video with his own feelings about it. Uh, and he said that he expected he might get banned. He said that would have been okay. Capcom's decision, right? Uh, he did not expect to just be put into losers. He said maybe they could have just given him a warning because he apologized and the other people mm-hmm. accepted those apologies. But um, in any case, he doesn't feel like he'll have pressure in loser's side. He actually kind of likes being in loser's bracket. Uh, he'll have the mindset that he can win it, so he, you know, accepts it. He's not gonna, doesn't, he can't challenge it. But in any case, he doesn't feel like he needs to. He, he accepts it. Uh, feels like it, it could have actually been worse. All right. So, do you think that this was warranted? Uh, and secondarily, was the punishment appropriate? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I do hope that this whole situation here is gonna help punk grow a little bit right because uh you know one of the things that i've said uh, a lot is that social media is dangerous and that when you get angry you tend to just jump on if you don't have your friend to yell to and that's one of the advantages of a local tournament right i said this last week in a local tournament if you lose salty match you go up to your friends who are sitting with you and you're just like god damn it like this stupid whatever blah 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 yeah and you can kind of let that out, and the other people are like, "Oh yeah, that was total garbage or whatever." And you can let you cool off a little bit, and then cooler heads prevail. When you're playing at home, you're just sitting next to your phone. Shit happens, and you're just like, "God dang it, I hate everything," you know. <laughs> and social media is dangerous that way. And you know the way that Punk, after he silenced his Twitter and came back and apologized to everybody, and even after the punishment saying, well, I guess I'm just going to have to make an awesome loser's bracket run, you know, it does show a little bit sign of growth, which I'm happy about, right? So I'll I'll preface it with that. Originally, I didn't like the punishment at all. I kind of wish that they didn't punish him because he did apologize, and, you know, it was all, you know, water under the bridge, and everybody's happy and everything like that. And also because I'm also an emotional person, right? I said it last week. The reason why I have my nightly Teppin tweets, which I have the hashtag that you can block so you don't have to see any of them, is because a lot of the times I just need a place to rant, you know? Um, it hasn't been that bad recently, but, um, you know, that's just the kind of thing. I'm an emotional person. I'm, I'm very empathetic and sympathetic towards uh, emotional outbursts. And so I didn't like the, out, I didn't like the punishment. Uh, I had a yeah. lot of people respond to me and tell me, you know, what good is a code of conduct if you don't actually enforce it? And, you know, he did threaten people. He did, and that's when I learned about the Discord thing because I didn't know about the Discord thing when I had posted my first reaction to it and such. And so, yeah, after I saw all that, I was like, no, you guys are right. Like, he should be punished. He should be punished. And people are bringing this up in the chat, too, because 
other players in the past who have had this kind of behavior were not punished. And mm. it was a weird gray area, and everybody was like, well, how come, oh, these people can do whatever, but this, but punk is the one that gets punished? Well, again, 2020 has been a very different year, and yeah. uh, we're all changing in everything. People have been talking about code of conduct for a lot this year now, and making a very strict code of conduct. And so I feel like this punishment of punk was the right thing to do, to punish him was the right thing to do because now our scene is trying to show that we aren't soft anymore, that we are going to make sure that we try to, you know, adhere to the code of conduct, code of conduct. So yeah, in the past people have gotten away with stuff, but now I don't think that's going to fly. And I think that's kind of the message that we're trying to show at this point, you know? So, um, the punishment is weird. <laughs> Sending him to loser's bracket, because I think that kind of screws the people who go into the loser's bracket. I don't like the punishment. I understand that they really wanted to, you know, make sure that... Because here's the thing, right? Weirdly enough, if Capcom banned him straight up, I guarantee you Punk makes it into Capcom Cup through voting. You know, that's kind of how I feel. So, in a way... For voting fan voting yeah there's one fan vote person in there maybe tokido could beat him if tokido doesn't make it but you know the idea is that banning him i don't even think would have necessarily been that harmful to him but i get what they're trying to do because they it is an odd year and we don't have as many opportunities but you know people have pointed out like in sports Hockey, NBA, you do anything that's ban worthy, even if it's the final game, the next game, you're banned. I've seen someone get banned, and that ban didn't happen yeah. until the next year on the first game because <laughs> it was the yeah. last game of the year that they played. You know, it, it, I think, honestly, they should have just straight up banned him as opposed mm-hmm. to putting him in the loser's bracket. Uh, I get why they did it, but it's just weird, and I think it kind of messes up the loser's bracket a little bit. <laughs> he definitely does that. Yeah, I think that I had the same, similar at least, sort of journey on this as you. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about the ban, I think that I didn't know all the whole story. And so I wasn't on board with it. But then when I learned more about what had happened, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with it, with enforcing it in this case. And hopefully this is the start of them being more consistent with their uh, code of conduct, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, whether whether people know that there's a code of conduct and what exactly is in the code of conduct, I feel like is secondary because typically code of conducts aren't striking out new territory in terms of what not to do. It's just don't yell at the tournament organizer. That's We've all known that's not cool forever, forever. <laughs> and, and don't, you know, make a video showing that the opponent might have intentionally caused lag. Like, this is just, you know, come on, what are you doing? Right. You don't need to be told not to do those things. Obviously, don't do them. So I, I, think, that that's, I think that's fine, and I'm, I'm okay with the idea of the punishment. Yeah, I think, that that's, I think that's very understandable. And I sympathize with Capcom to some degree because there's not that many things that you could do. Right. This yep. Year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. There's not a lot of things. You're not banned from one event. You're, that means you're banned from all the events because there's only one left. I mean, there's just, there's only so many things that you can do. So, 
they were trying to find something, and I feel like this is the worst thing to have landed on. <laughs> like, <this laughs> is the it's not. This is not just a punishment against Punk. This is a punishment against that will be felt by the tournament, by the players in the tournament. Right. You know, this is if if you are a player who could have gone one and two or two and two, that's not nothing. You know, those that's not an irrelevant distinction for you. Some players sign up for this thing and they're like, all right, I'm here to win it. You know, I could credibly win this thing. Or I'm here to get top eight. I can credibly do that. A lot of players are doing it to test themselves mm -hmm. and to have fun. And the difference between losing your first match and then it's like somebody else who lost their first match and like neither of you is super great. You know, you have it. To win that feels good. If you lose your first match and then it's Punk and you're definitely gone, I feel like that's, <laughs> that's a different story. And so now Punk is going to have twice as many matches as whoever makes it in the Grand Finals from winners, but he'll be causing a ruckus throughout the whole thing. So I, I feel like that's that's bad for the tournament, for the players in the tournament, which is which sucks. I, I you know I'm I feel bad for everybody else. So I think I would almost have rather they banned him. I don't know. I mean, again, there's not that many things that they could do this season. Maybe maybe you ban him for a major next year if we can have all five tournaments. I don't know. There's great options. So right. I think I, I'm to some degree, but I do think that this is like the worst that they could have done. Yeah, I mean, like like both, the most injurious to the tournament itself, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and you know, it, obviously, top players can go to the losers bracket in first round, and it just happens. People can it get, does get get upset, but like. You know, when an upset happens, that's a storyline in the tournament, and you know, you 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 thank the per like the person who beat him gets a glorious victory. <laughs> but to have Punk stop start in the losers bracket straight up without having sent him someone sent him down there, it's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that they could have fined him this may not be that kind of situation fines tend to have to be associated with a contract and i don't know that there's there's not i would think a contract between punk and the cpt mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i would think so maybe his team i don't know i don't know but uh in any case it's a weird result the idea of punishing him i think makes sense in this situation the punishment that they chose not the best not the best. <laughs> I, do, I do hope, though, that this is the start of more consistency, at least with the idea of who to punish. Yeah. And and like I said, I hope that this does, you know, I mean, a lot of people have brought up Punk's history, you know, back in the Street Fighter 4 days. He was kind of a trash-talking guy on Xbox Live and things like that, you know. And uh, look, as we were saying earlier, you know, the hope is that people can change. And Punk is in an interesting position. I mean, if by some miracle he actually listens to this conversation or anything like that, you know, it's the same thing that I tell a lot of other people as well. The reason why, yes, you have to start changing the way you behave publicly and stuff like that is because you are in the spotlight and you're a good player. And that's, that's part and parcel of being one of the top players of anything, is that you have to represent yourself properly. You know, if you still want to 
feel like you should have the right to have locker room talk or whatever, that kind of stuff like that. Like I said, you can suck like the rest of us and just not be in the spotlight, you know. But once you put yourself in that position, in major sports, they all go through PR training. They're all, like, taught these kind of things, you know. Like, you're, you know, you have to be told not to swear during your interviews, you know, things like that. You know, it's like... It's part of becoming in the spotlight. That's, that is by nature. If this is the path you are choosing to go down, to be a top anything in anything, you could be a top chef in a cooking show, you could be a top singer, you could be a top, you know, you have to either, you, you have to be careful of what you do. And that's just part and parcel of the whole thing, so. You can definitely trash talk, okay? That is a separate mm-hmm. issue. And in pro sports, of course, you trash talk constantly. But to take that up to the next level of maybe yelling at a ref or even getting physical with the ref, you're out of there, right, in, the, mm-hmm. in that case. If you, after the game is over, if you're, you know, if you attack the other pe- people too much in that media interview, that's a different story as well. You can trash talk, right? And there's many different ways to trash talk <laughs> that are not based in all of the personal attacks that mm. I'm sure we're all familiar with. You know, you can you can trash talk constantly. I do it. I'm ta- I'm I play with my friends all the time. Fighting games and other stuff. <laughs> we are constantly trash talking each other. But we're not worried about putting it on stream because the kind of thing that we're trash talking with is not anything about whatever personal characteristics. It's not that no, it's about saying that the other person sucks in the game and you can do that. <laughs> you can definitely do that. <laughs> But don't take it out of that. Don't attack the people who are organizing it. Don't attack people running it. Yeah. You know, be careful that your attacks aren't too personal and deep. I mean, there's there's ways to go about this as a human being who can also still trash talk. Right. Very possible. Mm-hmm. Context matters. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, just overall, you know, like you said, it's a tough year to try to dole out a punishment like this so yeah a lot of weird options um did they go with the best option probably not but you know like i said i'm just hoping that this perhaps is a start to actually invoking these kind of things and making sure that people understand the code of conduct and maybe this actually spurs people to read the code of conduct (laughs) you know but i think it's more plausible that people just start acting better than that they read the code yeah exactly because i mean really honestly when it comes down to a code of conduct is just don't respect other people don't be an asshole that's just that's just really what it comes down to yeah, and even in the codes of conduct that I've written, like for pro tours and for tournaments and for teams, and I've written these before. None of the things that I've ever written are like things that you couldn't just have said. You just, we all know the rules more or less. <laughs> Sometimes you got to write them down so that they can be legally enforceable. But that's all it is. That's it's just exactly what you think they should be. Mm-hmm. It's just totally normal stuff. Yeah. All right. So, anything else to say about this? Uh, no, I think I'm done on this topic here, so. Alright, cool. Uh, I'm sure that the fact that he went off on Vi was part of the punishment, and I think that that is, it should be part of the punishment. Yeah. That, that should be part of the reason for it. Yeah. And, and I mean, my, my own thoughts on it evolved once I found out that he did attack the people organizing it. I felt right. 
more that there should have been a punishment that was more justified. <laughs> it's funny because I actually mentioned the, the joke about people reading the code of conduct because of High Fight's poll that he put on. It. He put a, tw- a poll on Twitter. It was like, "Have you read the code of conduct?" And most people never even read it. So, <laughs> oh man, I get it. As yeah. a lawyer, all I do is craft things that nobody's gonna read, including yeah. my client. But it has to be there, right? Because as yeah. long as you sign that, I understand the document and I have read it. You know, when yep. you when you page down or control end and then click I accept, you know, that's it. I get it. Yep. You should read it, but I know what happens in reality. All right. Take a break? Yeah. All right. Be right back, guys. All right, I'm going to go grab a slice of lasagna. I'll be right back. Ooh, that sounds good. Uh, Yeah, I can't guarantee that we'll actually have more fun stuff to talk about. (laughs) But it's going to have... Is is that Mr. Perlman in there? David actually told me, uh, if that is you... Uh, that he knew that he knew you through law and I was like oh my god like I know I've known Perlman forever (laughs) yeah you can also type in exclamation mark Akito A-K-I-T-O and that will actually uh, show you the link to the guy's stuff as well Oh, you can't read through ads. Well, there you go. KFC typed it in there. Thank you, sleaziness. Appreciate it. Oh, shout-outs to Surmi for the sub. I need to talk with you as well. Sorry I haven't gotten back to you recently. Is this... Is that Mr. Is that Mr. Perlman? Or did maybe he took off because it's a break? Actually, I want to grab a drink myself. just not true it's just not true it's not about walking on eggshells man if you think not being a jerk and if you think that trying to not be an asshole to another human being is walking on eggshells good luck in life (laughs) honestly good luck you're going to get your ass beat by somebody the one time you're an asshole to someone to the wrong person. 
Jesus. Good God. I'm telling you right now, man. Being nice to somebody else, trying to be respectful to somebody else. Think about all the things that you do in life to be respectful to other people. You drive within the fucking lines of the road. You let pedestrians cross the street. Oh God, we're walking on eggshells because we want to make sure that we don't hit somebody with our car. You know, I mean, come on, like really? Don't be an asshole to other people is not walking on eggshells. It is just not walking on eggshells. <laughs> uh, I see, uh, is that, um, is that, um, so I asked this, uh, you might have stepped away. Is that you, Mr. Perlman? Is that you, Mr. Perlman there? And yeah, you know, I mean, people are joking about it, but being nice can be kind of hard sometimes. It can be, absolutely, if that's just not what you're, uh, if that's what your, you know, tendency is, but that's just something that you have to understand. Oh yeah, total straw man argument. What a straw man argument. Jesus Christ, like seriously. You're not trying to, you're not walking on eggshells to avoid a ban, dude. Like, oh God, it's crazy. Well, the hardest part about, the harder part about this is that they're just talking in the chat the entire time, right? They're talking in the chat all the time, and I know it's affecting a lot of the people in the chat because that they're sitting there uh, talking to them about it, but, you know, it's not that we necessarily fall for the trolls, it's just that I want to address it because they bring up points that everybody, all those people who try to be trolls like that bring up those points all the time. And, you know, sometimes people will read it and go, hmm, maybe he's right, and I just want to cut that shit off at the pass. I just fucking want to cut that shit off at the pass because I want people in the chat to know that they're wrong. <laughs> that they're just absolutely wrong. Are you good? Hello, welcome back to the Ultra Chen TV Tuesday show. I'm joined here by David, and I am your co-host, the tyrannical James Chen. How's everybody going? I'm doing very well. <laughs> Inside joke with chat, that's all. That's all. All right, got it. Let's talk about some tournament results that happened over the past weekend. And the Mevo has continued. This was week number three at this point. They have a lot of stuff going, even still, there's more stuff to happen. We'll talk about that in the upcoming section, but let's talk about this. So, uh, let me get down to where this week starts. Don't call me no Dong Zuo, okay? Cao Cao, that's the way you go, okay? 
<laughs> Needle Queen, I am definitely more Tao Tao than anything. Duly noted, James. <laughs> Fight of animals. Fight of this was anime Evo or was this uh just yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this is week number three. And mm -hmm. they had Fight of Animals in NA in Europe. They had BB Tag, East Coast. They had Hiso Tensoku, uh, NA, and SA, and Europe. They had uh, Ultra Fight Dot Counter 2 in NA. Fantasy Strike was global, which is pretty cool. Uh, BBCF in Brazil, and BB Tag NA West as well. So, Fight of Animals is won by Junior Jam with Egg Dog. Second place was Star Rich with Bad Dog. That game's hilarious. I've never actually played it, but it looks so fun. Ultra Fight Count 2 was won by Aru, 7.62 millimeter R. I don't know how to pronounce that at all, folks. With Hisomi and Kinoko. BB Tag in NA East was won by Tempest with. Tempest NYC with Yang and Carmine and Adachi Ruby. BBCF in Brazil was won by Inso with Jin. Toho Hiso Tensoku was won by Blaze Dragon with Raisin. Fantasy Strike, this is the global one, uh, was won by Aphotix with Valerie, Grave, and Setsuki. That's cool. Just looking to see if I know anybody. Do, do we know where they were from? I would almost be curious that if I it was global. Curious to see where they, yeah. where they were from. Uh, if anybody saw it in the chat, that'd be cool to know, but I do not know. And then BB Tag NA West, I watched a bunch of this. I watched most of the top eight. Uh, was won by Jan with Wald Tager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Monkey4012 got second with Adachi Yumi, and then he tried Adachi Ruby, but it got exploded. Okay. Uh, third place was Rock Volnut X with Batista Rachel and Elizabeth Rachel. Fourth was uh, Mala Clack Clack one two three with Adachi Yosuke, and then fifth were Isoropia, Wald Tager, and your fave scrub Ragna Ruby. Seventh were True Care and E two Deku. Super fun to watch. Good job on comic. <laughs> this was the only, as you could tell, this was the only one of these that I watched this past weekend. Right, yeah. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Super good game to watch. Still, it's not one that I've kept up super close tabs on. But like I, you know, I know the basics of what each of the characters do, and it's really, really fun to watch. <laughs> and I just love how, like by default, automatically, you say Wald Tager with a very different intonation. <laughs> blah 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 blah, and Wald Tager. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. It's cool. Uh, it would be the same way yeah. if it'd be the same way if there was a Street Fighter tournament like Sevele wins first place and I'm like and Sevele with Lucia, hundred <laughs> percent. I just no sold it and yeah. Sevele with Lucia. Yeah, and we just move on. Mm -hmm. uh, Jan and Isoropia actually played in Winterside, which was fun to watch oh, as well. Cool. Big battle. Um, no, I haven't tried it i haven't kept up with the game to be honest but yeah. i still really enjoy watching it yeah, bb tag is actually on steam right i could probably add it to there so, so that i could actually just 
play it on Steam as well uh, on the Parsec stuff. I should just add it there. I've got a, well, it depends on how much it 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 it, it co- uh, cost and how much disk space it needs. That would be the question. So not very much of the former. I know that. Yeah. I mean, of the latter. Blech. Oh, disk space, uh, not much. Okay. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. I'm curious now. So next week in Animevo, it's final week of the four BBCF Europe, Million Arthur Arcana Blood and NA. Nitro Plus Blasters Japan, Vice Schwartz with uh, with Global, Eternal Fighter Zero in NA and Europe, Multi Blood Actress Again Current Code in Brazil, BBCF NA East, Guilty Gear Action Corp Plus R NA, and BBCF NA West Coast. Nice. Okay. <coughs> did you eat the lasagna too fast? <coughs> Wait, did you eat the whole lasagna already? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> but as I was talking, some lasagna came back up to party. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, suddenly lasagna doesn't sound very appealing anymore. <laughs> wow. Aye. That came out of nowhere. It's like, excellent. I'm pounding my own chest just to help clear up that, dude. Woo! <laughs> <clears throat> Dang, alright. So that was enemy <laughs> Lasagna was party also... inside David. <laughs> That's where the party is, yeah. Yeah. Uh... So, I'm commentating an interesting event. Yesterday and tomorrow as well. It's called The Boys Presents. Somebody's versus Nobody's. It's like a cross promotion between that TV show, The Boys, that's on Amazon Prime. <laughs> okay, I was just about to ask, and it is. Yep. It's actually a cross promotion. Okay, cool. Yeah, between that and Mortal Kombat. Well, maybe even more accurately, that and Evil Geniuses. Mm. And so the idea, if anybody's watched the show, it's like a basically a superhero thing. And it's uh, it, the gimmick of it is that yesterday was a regular tournament winding down to top eight, right? Regular double limb. But the difference is that each person who made top eight, whether winners or losers, gets a thousand bucks. And then tomorrow, each one of them plays against Sonic Fox in a gauntlet. And if any of them beat Sonic Fox, they're going to get an additional 250 bucks. So tomorrow is just a Fox gauntlet. And I think the idea <laughs> is that the players are like the boys, like they're nobodies, and they're going up against Homelander. <laughs> and be now, what does Fox get for winning? Because he's got to have the motivation to beat everybody, right? I mean, Fox was watching in the chat, and they were just basically like, I, I don't know if anybody's paying Fox for this. But, and maybe, but I just don't know. But definitely Fox wants to beat everybody. It's like very clear. Like okay. they were talking in the chat. And just, <laughs> wow, great job qualifying for top eight just to get dunked by me. Like that right, kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 fair enough. So Fox is definitely the final boss of this event, and tomorrow is going to be Samige, Full Auto, Scar, Pulse, Combat, Jukes, Kerbalicious, The Mighty Unjust, King Gambler, and um, oh, and not King Gambler. My bad. That's it. Ended at The Mighty Unjust. Those are the top eight uh, who will be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Who do you think? I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Who do you think has a chance to beat Sonic who has Fox? A Dude, uh, uh, I, uh, Samij. 
Samij? Samij has a chance. Okay, okay. Yeah. I think that's oh, the cool, best cool. chance. I think Samij and Combat maybe are the best chances. Oh, yeah, and I don't people, know. people are right. Sorry in the chat. I, I misgendered again. That's my bad. It's going to take me a little bit. So they, 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 for sure. Check it out. That's on twitch.tv slash evilgeniuses, and it's me commentating and also Aquaman and Tasty Steve, which is very fun because Steve is such a comic book nerd, and he definitely is, like, a big The Boys fan. Oh. Like he read the comic, and also he's, like, all about the show. So he's perfect. You know, we're making references to the show constantly, and perfect, perfect. Uh, and okay. he, does, he does play MK. I I think people aren't aware of that. They don't really associate him with Mortal Kombat, but uh, he plays the game even still, just casually. I played with him just the other day. Oh, um, cool. Oh, okay, okay. He has kept up, more or less. And then Sunday, we did another sure you can scrimmage organized by james and this is an event that is for beginners only beginners to i'm not even sure that that's accurate in some of these cases but we've labeled it as for <laughs> yeah. beginners who are gold rank and lower in street fighter 5 and it's supposed to be a welcoming environment everybody try it out have fun at the event if you get on stream james and i will commentate in a way that we hope will be useful to you it's supposed to give you advice not try to blow you up in any, in any way just you know identifying things that we've noticed that maybe are there to work on mm -hmm. and if you do good stuff we definitely want to highlight that as well and i think it went really really well this time yeah and, and just you know you know someone in the chat asking no obvious smurfs i mean look one david and i would probably be able to recognize if you're a smurf right and secondly there's no there's no money. There's nothing really to win. So yeah, what do you do? What, why you know you're gonna come here and waste you know four hours blowing up on people for for no reason except to be a troll? So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we don't get any Smurfs. <laughs> but it was really good. So the winner was Seabats, who is a streamer, I guess, of primarily other stuff, but has been playing fighting games and has. Uh, focused in on SF5 in recent times and has become a good Mika in pretty short order. Yeah, he said that he's really only been playing for like two months or so, yeah. fighting games for two months, but he said he's been watching for years and years and years. He said he bought his first joystick for Street Fighter 4 and then never really used it. Uh -huh. You know, like, it was just one of those things that he was really... So he's been watching for years and everything, so his mind is very in there. So it was very, very apparent, too, in what, yeah. the way that he was playing. It definitely was. And he did bring his whole chat in there, it felt like, which was a lot of fun. People were watching <laughs> fighting games, in some cases, for the first time, which was yeah. really cool. Which was and awesome, too, part, because a lot of them were like, oh, my God, fighting games really are hype. Like, they were, like, getting all excited about it. And, you know, it's, again, you know, trying to help bring new faces into the scene, you know, to enjoy the content and stuff. So, Second place was Balbury. <laughs> who's in the chat right now. Indeed, I saw him say that he's already been working on some of the stuff, which is very cool. That's awesome. And then uh, Master Moose got third place. Yep, who was also Fourth in the chat. Was Neko Nadri. Yes, indeed. Yep. <laughs> Moose. Fifth were respecting <laughs> women and arc, and seventh were that Neil J and Boss Grande. Say, say the fi uh, four, fifth places again. I'm sorry, I think I accidentally blurred you out. Oh, the fifth places were respecting women and arc, and seventh places were that Neil J and Boss Grande. Yeah. 
And again, you know, kind of the whole thing here. I mean, it's kind of even cool to see right now that our third, second and third place finishers are kind of, you know, pseudo trash talking right now to each other on the stream. And I think that's cool. And again, you know, part of the whole thing of Shuriken Scrimmage is to build that community and try to build that, you know, friendship. And, you know, people that you know that you will run into again and kind of, uh, you know, find training partners as well. And there mm -hmm. are players who have listened to the advice and sure they may not have won any of the Shuriken scrimmages but have since moved on to Super Gold, Ultra Gold. Some of them have gotten to Platinum now uh, through some advice. In fact, uh, one of the players who has graduated from our tournament even was talking to me about advice for potentially playing in the uh, NA East this weekend coming up. So, Ooh, that's so, super cool. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. You know, that's the goal. Get you comfortable playing in these tournaments so that you'd be willing to try and play in some of the other tournaments, you know. And, again, it's not about the results necessarily, uh, you know, playing. And your reward for staying in the winner's bracket, obviously, is that we get to commentate your match and give the mm -hmm. advice. And when you get to top eight, same thing. Even if you're in loser side, we get to commentate the match. Um, that's right. We've generally been running it uh, every other Sunday. Uh, but I keep getting caught up, like obviously doing CP stuff and you have, you know, other, both of us keep having gigs that we're, we're kind of stuck on, on weekends and stuff. I may yeah. start trying to think about moving it to Thursday. Cause the one thing that amazes me is that I'll put up the registration for it and it gets filled. It's a 32 cap. It gets filled up in like, like three fourths of the way in like the first hour and a half or two hours or right. three hours. Right. So People are clamoring to get in here, and so uh, the idea might be, I don't think we're going to start this Thursday, but I might try to move it on a Thursday so we can be consistent, and then basically Thursday from 3 to 7, we can do the uh, stream and maybe even try doing it weekly, so that way people will have a chance to, 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 to get in a little bit more, so... Uh, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I got to plan out the logistics and stuff like that. So, and, uh, and figure out if, uh, you know, if the, the admins that I have help me can help me at that time <laughs> of yeah, day, sure. especially cause they're East coast and such. So, yeah, but yeah. the tournament is open for anyone gold rank and under, and yes, you can absolutely smurf. There have definitely been people I see in the stream that I'm like, is this a smurf? And then I've had someone else message me and we're like, I think this person's a smurf, you know, like stuff. And <laughs> so far, though, I don't think we've run into that. So I don't think so either. Yeah. And yeah, thanks, Shay. Well, uh, that's it. Yeah, uh, CP Skills just asked in chat, is first attack ever coming back? I'm not sure. If it does, it's changing in format. I had this nice grand plan. I had this really careful way in how I was going to teach it this time. Uh, it takes me a lot of time to prep for it because I make the slides. I practice the entire stream a couple of times before I actually do the stream. It takes me the longest to edit, and it gets no views on YouTube, and it doesn't yeah. really get any views on stream either. So uh, it's it's a hard justify. So I have to find a different way to make it more palatable because people just don't want to watch an hour and a half of content every week to teach you how to play fighting games. It's just basically the way it is. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for events. So why don't we move on to 5-5 five, five. and answer some questions.
Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the thing. Is like trying to put animations or cool things like that into it. That's not my forte. And doing that, I mean, like I showed people those fighting game dictionary videos that I made where I did all the funky animations and stuff, and those were 90 seconds. Like, what is footsies in 90 seconds? And those videos took me like two to three weeks to make because of all the animations and all the editing and everything to do for it. And so, uh, not my forte, but I don't know. If someone out there wants to help me with that, just let me know. <laughs> uh, eight minutes is the meta right now. Is that, is that, is that the, the sweet spot you're finding, High Fight? Because if that's the case, then I will definitely look into that. <laughs> uh. All right. All good? Uh, yep. All right, buddy. Here's a little story. From yesterday. Somehow, two players who are playing the character known as Fang made winner's finals of the Reddit Street Fighter weekly tournament. Oh, and um, <clears throat> I accidentally put that up on the uh, stream there. So, while they were playing, it was 2-2... Two to two. Uh, the commentators, including Joe, started playing fart noises. Have you seen this clip? I did, yes. Uh... Okay. So, I did too. And after that happened, one of the players, FGC Jesus, found out about it, and he was not happy about it. He, I'm getting his tweet up now, said... No more Reddit tournaments for me. I don't like being treated that way. I'm not any different than anyone else who works hard in this game. Sorry, my character is annoying to play, and you don't know how he works, but I made it to Winner's Finals. I was proud of myself. So that was his initial tweet. He later said that, you know, he's calming down, and he, you know, I, I will also say that Joe, Super Red Joe Monday, apologized in, like, a legit apology, not the apologies that you sometimes see where it's like, sorry you were offended, but, like... <laughs> A good one. Uh, yeah, and uh -huh. so he said, I understand and apologize fully. That decision to ruin the audio was fully on me. That was my call, and both you and D-Answer are world-class players who don't deserve that type of treatment. And in, in fact, later on, when other people were like, hey, don't, they're just being soft, right? Don't apologize. <laughs> Joe was like, no. Like, they're absolutely right. And it's... I, you know, I'm not going to dictate what somebody would get offended by or not, and I'm not trying to offend people. So, like, I'm I'm sorry. Right. Again. So he was, he soft. was good about it. Yeah. Again. Again. Like I so, said, it's the it's the it's, says, it's the way jerks argue to stay jerks. That's just it, basically. Definitely. FGC Jesus says everyone I receive apologies, both public and private, from everyone involved, and I have no ill will towards the crew. I'm fully satisfied by the response and care that they have shown, and they really did make me feel better about the situation. So that's great. It's got a good ending. What do you think about this uh, escapade? I think uh, Super Joe Monday should be banned to losers bracket next tournament. So <laughs> <laughs> he only gets to do losers commentary. Now. Yeah, basically, I, I think that's the right call at this point in time. Look, as a rule, from commentary standpoint, there's a reason why I never want to 
disrespect anybody who's on the stream and playing on the stream. I it's a point of mine to do that. I mean, the one time I was even moderately disrespectful, like it was uh I was doing commentary with Combo Fiend at Evo and it was mm-hmm. somebody playing against Mago or Momochi or Bonchan, it was someone playing against them. And you know how Peter is. Peter is just like, oh, yo, yo, oh, goddamn, you know. <laughs> That's Peter, right? And you get kind of, you get kind of into this, uh, to this mode. And so, like, after the guy lost, he was like showing like maybe his buttons weren't working or or the, the headphones weren't working. And I said on commentary, I was like, you know what? I really don't think that if the headphones were working, it would have helped. <laughs> You know, because he was going up against, you know, Momochi or, or Bonchan or one of those guys. But, like, apparently everybody watching on the stream that were his friends, like, told him. And then he tweeted me and was really angry at me. It was like, oh, this wouldn't happen, huh? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, I wasn't trying to be super disrespectful, but I get it. I get it, right? And people even brought up the one time that uh, Low Tier God lost on stream. And I was like, oh, I guess Low Tier God now is, is, is Loser's Bracket God. You know, like, just kind of as a way to joke about him going to Loser's Bracket at that point. And he messaged me. He was like, oh, yeah, well, you this is it. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I'm at this point now where, you know, I there's just... You know what? I mean, people don't get on stream very often. And and when they get on stream, sometimes in these kind of situations, you want to be fair to them and treat them with respect and give them the same kind of dignity as everybody else. So, uh, you know, it's just a rule of mine never to be frustrated, even if it's like, you know, Justin versus somebody else. And it's like super slow and turtly. You know, you owe it to the match to talk about how good that match is. You know what I mean? I never want to be like, I never want to be like, uh, you know, being like, oh, God, this match sucks. I hate the, you know, kind of thing. Again, just be respectful, right? It's not about being soft. It's just being respectful because not everybody gets in the situation. Everyone deserves to have the kind of praise and appreciation that everybody else gets once they're up there on that stream. So that's all it is. Sounds right to me. I've certainly ripped on people on stream, but... I try to just do that with people who I personally know and am friends with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't want to, it's not my goal to make anybody actually feel bad. Even my friends, it's just people who I, you know, we like rib each other. Uh-huh. I definitely don't want to do that to players. And I don't think that I ever have done it over characters specifically. I don't think I've ever been like upset that one character or, or play style in particular has been on stream. I think that I'm usually cool about that. Because you like um, them all too, because the more irritating they yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> the more you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, so I haven't done that side of things. I think the farts were hilarious, as you may not be surprised to learn. And I couldn't believe that I've never done it. I thought back to my like last decade of commentating. I don't think I've ever actually brought an electronic whoopee cushion onto a stream. I don't know how I could be so short-sighted. I don't know how I could have had all this time, all these years of opportunity, and just never used it. You know, I feel like I've had all these opportunities and chances in my life, and I've just tossed them in the garbage. That's how I feel now. So I regret. I regret my life. I don't have many regrets. 
You're just more sad that you didn't think of it first. <laughs> How did I not do this first? If this is most on brand possible. I mean, I mean, it's it's more on me. Do you know if I've been making these stream layouts, these like in-depth stream layouts that I think are hilarious, and none of them is fart based? I've, how could I possibly have been so myopic? I don't know. It's, it's, right? I know, but I mean, the argument to that I would say that is that you may not have made a bunch of fart layouts, but, 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 that least the uh, layouts are creative. So, you know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I get, the, I get the implication. So, I mean, in reality, I... I, I get it. I wouldn't be... Well, I would be happy. I would think it's hilarious. But, you know, I have a particular sense of humor. And I... Now that I know that people aren't cool with that, I would also feel like Joe does. I would re I would regret having done it. I would feel bad. I would apologize. So I think that it's obviously the right thing to do. Nobody wants to make... Especially on, on that program and in... Uh, you know, on their stream and in the Reddit that... Uh, that Joe moderates. The goal there is definitely to have like a positive community. So mm -hmm. and and you know my guess is that they just thought this was like a funny joke and they just didn't think about it. So I think the the apology is great. It's exactly what should have happened. They did it. Hats off to everybody there. Uh, hopefully FGC Jesus continues to compete there. He's super good. I really enjoy watching that guy play. Uh, I mean I like Fang, you know, but I. The, I wasn't watching yesterday. I do typically watch, but I wasn't there because uh, of the um, mm -hmm. somebody's versus nobody's event that I was doing. But in general, I watch, and I think it's hilarious. I think that they do a great job overall. So yeah. I hope that FPC Jesus will be back. You know, it's not, not that big a deal in the end. I mostly just wanted to bring this up because I wanted to say I can't believe that I've never used a fart machine <laughs> on stream. Don't you have one on your phone right now? I can't imagine that you don't have one on your phone. I actually don't. David... I don't. I've never been this disappointed at because <laughs> I was like, like, who even am I, right? I know, right? Like, I was just about to say, you need to start using that like right now, just to get it out of your system here on the Tuesday show, so we can call this the Flat Chooslintlints Show. No, that didn't work. Yeah, definitely didn't work. One. It was a tough one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, St. Cola, you want me to do it this weekend? I'm going to be commentating the CPT this weekend with St. Cola. Maybe this time. Aha. Clear it with people. Uh, have a little pass. I'll somebody say this in chat. Have a little sign up. This is something that we do typically in offline events is we will have a little piece of paper that's like, all right, write down your name, write down your you know, handle, uh, you know, pronouns, whatever. Tell us your a little bit of backstory so we could like talk about you a little bit on stream if you'd like us to. Maybe I should add a little check mark for you are okay with Ultra David using a fart machine when you're playing, or you're not okay with that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then see, then you really would be delivering the farts, and that would definitely make you the official Shin Fart Butler, right? So I know, I know, I know. David, fetch me some farts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. I, we have definitely made these jokes before, and it's this kind of thing that makes me think, 
how is it possible that I never have used a fart noise on stream? I just don't, I don't understand myself. I feel like I have to come to grips with who I am as a person now. I don't know myself, it turns out. Yeah, I mean, we talked about earlier how you feel like you know somebody, and then <laughs> yeah, right, you're right, just yeah. like, all of a sudden things have changed. To know that David does not have an electronic fart noise thing on his phone, or at least he could have said, I don't because my wife deleted it off the phone or something like that. But, you know, the fact that he doesn't have it on his phone right now, I... I don't know if we can continue the Tuesday show anymore after this. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, everybody. You think you, think you, you, think you know a man. You, you think, think you know a guy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's move on to the next 5-5. Five five. In fact, let's move on to the viewer questions. See what the results are here. All right. Okay, we got a tie again. Number one viewer question. What are the top five best V-triggers in Street Fighter V Season 5? Two. What makes a community good or bad, and what can a person do if they're in a bad one? Oof. Three. Yeah, that's, that's tough. Three. Why are broken characters so idolized from older games? Is there really a desire to see modern fighting games eschew the idea of balance for fun? Four. Do online pro tours have a place in the current climate when all players want is working netcode? And have online... This is five. Have online players soured... Sorry, have online events soured players on the idea of Pro Tours as a whole? Six, does the fact that Smash Bros. and Mortal Kombat have the biggest casual audiences in fighting games mean that more fighting games should use a block button? Of course, both those games do. What do you think of a block button in general? And that is tied for first place here, along with question three, why are broken characters so idolized from older games? Is there really a desire to see modern fighting games eschew the idea of balance for fun? Well, let's get to that one first. Uh, are broken characters in older games so idolized? Is that actually a thing? I'm not sure. Yeah, that was my sort of internal question when I saw this on the list of potential questions. I feel like that's usually not the case, in, in my view, why are broken characters so idolized? I just don't think that they're not idolized in the sense that nobody really wants to see like Super Turbo Vega <laughs> level characters pop up in modern games. You just you don't that's that would be stupid. You don't want Third Strike Chun. Like there's just stuff that was abusive about that. Many other games have that kind of thing from older times as well. I don't know that it's idolized. What does happen quite often is People who are more accustomed to newer games, or maybe have only played newer games, will talk about how a character's so good, oh man, this character's so strong, nobody can beat them. They have, playing against them is like a hard 6-4 matchup. <laughs> and then us old people will come in and be like, oh, this character's good? Well, you should have seen X and Y from the Stone Age. you know. And so we're not, in saying that, we're not idolizing those old characters we're just being like old nostalgia heads that's all <laughs> no we don't want that to come back when i've said that it's more like be thankful that things are as good as they are now yeah. <laughs> it's the intention <laughs> um, but it's certainly at least in my case i am not looking for those old characters and their power mm -hmm. levels to come back yeah i mean 
the root of this question is, is there really a desire to see modern fighting games eschew the idea of balance for fun? And uh, when we had Keats on the show, you know, he did talk about a lot of this concept of harmony. And he mm-hmm. talked about this idea that there are characters that you can't make super good. <laughs> you know, like Agonos. He was like, you don't make Agonos top tier. Like, you just... Like, that's a dangerous thing from a fighting game designer standpoint because you make them good enough so that the people who want to specialize in that character can win, but overall not, like, super broken. Uh, You know, I think that's kind of the right idea. It's less about balance and more about harmony that you're Mm. looking for in the game. And so, yes, absolutely you should eschew balance for fun. (laughs) Fun is what you should focus on. Balance doesn't necessarily make games fun, but fun is the important part. So we have these super unbalanced games like Third Strike, like MVC2, like Super Turbo. Three of some of the most unbalanced fighting games in existence are still beloved today. A lot of it is, you know, trying to figure out ways to beat the brokenness and feeling good about it, you know, and, uh, you know, it gives low-tier heroes something to do. However, you know, obviously it's very different because money's on the line, so you want the characters to at least have the equal opportunity to win. So you definitely need the balance. It's very hard now to to find that perfect balance (laughs) between balance and fun, uh, to be honest with you. But fun, I really do feel like, should be the main focus of fighting games. And I really feel like a lot of fighting games have kind of forgotten that. And, uh, you know, I often talk about Agonos punching you through walls. Like, that's, that shit is just, it, you just do it once, and if you ever manage, just in a match, to, like, get somebody and hit them through three or four walls, like, yeah. You, yeah. you won in your heart, you know? <laughs> yeah. And probably in that round, if you knock them through three walls. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that that's kind of the thing, right? So I do think fun needs to be more emphasized. Do we want Vega and Chun-Li and Cable? No. God, no. That is not what we want. But, like I said, there's something in between the balance game that doesn't have fun and the completely fun broken game. There's a good in-between in there that we can find that probably leans more towards the balance side. Yeah, if this question instead used a word like romanticize instead of idolized, I think that make make more sense because I do think that people romanticize the older games too often. Mm-hmm. Even people who have played the games for a long time, maybe especially them, right. they sort of ignore the fact that there's a lot of broken stuff in them. <laughs> you know, that's, it's just that's too common. Hey, David. Hey, David, did you know that Super Turbo is a game all about fundamentals? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> For sure. For sure. Um, oh, t got it on me once. Yeah, no. Um, it's definitely a zany game, and that's part of why I like it so much. Right. But it's pretty busted as well. All right. Number six, tied with that. Does the fact that Smash Bros. and Mortal Kombat have the biggest casual audiences in fighting games mean that more fighting games should use a block button, which both of those games do? And what do you think of a block button in general? So I think that this question is trying to link the idea of a block button to 
the success of Smash Bros. and Mortal Kombat. And I would be very surprised if that's the reason for the success of those games. Yeah. Uh, instead, I think that there's there's many other reasons. Mortal Kombat has such a long history, and it's a game that every gamer knows. It's got a huge, huge IP behind it at this point. And the block button at that time, was it the first game with a block button? Like, it was one of them, certainly. Yeah, it was Back certainly in the day. one of the first fighting games. It was, it was an unusual thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, that did set it apart from some other games, and I knew people who liked it, I knew people who didn't like it, but I would say that the primary reason for that game's success was the graphics and violence. And as the games went on, I don't think that that actually changed until MK9. I feel like the, the, that like 15-year run of Mortal Kombat through MK whatever before MK9, the graphics were there. They were pretty broken games. They weren't competitive. But the graphics were there, and the their violence was there and the IP was there and the story was there and people were into all that stuff and I think that that has more to do with the casual success of the game than it having a block button and I feel like that's the same kind of idea behind Smash Bros <laughs> Smash Bros has these in, it's just incredible list of characters in there even from the very first one and now it's like every video game character ever made almost that has a huge part to play. The fact that it's just a couple of buttons involved, right? That it's ostensibly an easy game to control, even though it ends up very much not being. But that kind of thing, I would say, has more to do with the success than the fact that it has a block button. Yep. I mean, look. I'm cool with block buttons. I mean, I, I'm. I don't particularly have a thing that I prefer. I instead would say that among the games that I've played that have block buttons and the ones that don't, I primarily am a 2D game player. I think that. Not having a block button is nice in the sense that you can just trust the game to block for you in many situations, which is nice. That That's cool. It also opens up some option selects, which is cool. And with, the block, with, with a block button, you can be super precise as the player to walk backwards if you'd like. There's no proximity guard, so you're never going to be stuck in a blocking animation if you don't want to be, if you personally don't want to be, which gives you more freedom of control I really like the footsies that that allows. I really like the mix-ups up close that that allows. So I just like both, but I wouldn't say that I think one is inherently better than the other. They're just different things. Yeah, I mean, the block button certainly hasn't done much for Virtua Fighter and for Soul Calibur. Let's just put it that way. So, <laughs> has been an extremely popular game. Right, actually. right. I mean, but again, I don't think that the reason is the block button. Yeah, yeah. Look, I don't think the block button has any reason for it, right? Because, I mean, as much as Soul Calibur was a really popular game, it was a really popular game very early on because Soul Calibur 1 on the Dreamcast, I believe it was, got, like, one of the very first perfect 40 ratings on uh, Gamus Magazine. Like, it had the most amazing one-player mode. Like, it had everything in it. Like, it was not just, hey, look, Soul Calibur is a fun fighting game. It was like, this is, like, one of the most extensive video games that you have ever purchased. You know, that was, like, the perfect example of what a one-player 
fighting game content should have been, you know, and maybe that's what NRS goes back and looks at every once in a while to, to get new ideas and stuff. But, you know, that was more of the reason. And it was on a new system and it looked beautiful and everything. So, you know, nowadays, Soul Calibur, obviously not as big as a lot of the other fighting games. So, like I said, there's no correlation, I think, between the popularity and the block button and whether or not we want the, the block button. Um... That just depends on the game. And if you design the game right, it works great. So, for example, Gram yeah. Granblue has both options, which is right. really, really neat. But then you have a situation like Tekken versus Soul Calibur, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Tekken, one of the strategies to getting away from offense is to try to Korean backdash away from stuff because you're naturally blocking during the Korean backdash. If you can do it properly without hitting down and only go between down back and back to do the Korean backdashing, you're literally only blocking while trying to run away. Whereas something like Soul Calibur, you cannot block the instant you walk backwards. There is a window if you ever move backwards before you can block. So you can't run away from people and block, you know. Whereas in Mortal Kombat, you can actually micro walk back and block. It just depends on the game on how you want to implement it, you know. It doesn't, there shouldn't be a preference between one or the other. You know what I mean? It's it's just a system of how that particular fighting game works. I mean, even Smash Brothers has the whole concept where your shield gets smaller and smaller to the point where yeah. you actually have vulnerable areas that you got to move your <laughs> bubble around <laughs> to try to actually uh, to, to, to block things. And sometimes you might not cover your feet and get killed or something like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's the way it works. I think I, I'm just, with you. Whatever you, if you choose to do a block button, then you make your game however you want to to do it. So you know, for example, in Grand Blue versus, if that block button's there, that's why everybody has the universal overhead system. That's why there's the throws and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, cross up's not going to make sense in a game that has a block button, right? As exactly. far as making themselves. And yet, in Mortal Kombat, in Smash, cross ups are still useful, just for other reasons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Pressure. I assume that's the case true for Grand Blue, but I haven't played the game. Right, right. Probably. It is, it is. Just play against Catalina a bunch, let her do jump D, and then you're just like, okay, this sucks, so. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Which of these other questions do you want to answer? Have online events soured players on the idea of Pro Tour as a whole? No. Uh, do online pro tours have a place in the current climate when all players want is working net code? So interesting because they're both kind of the same question. <laughs> a little bit. There was also the other question too that I think we forgot to add in here, which is where someone asked, you know, how we were saying how, you know, we feel like the tiers are kind of representative of what the strengths of the characters are. Like, you know, that's why in Street Fighter V we can't list anybody as a D-tier character because D-tier to us feels like they're terrible, right? So someone actually asked me the question, you know, do you feel like that also means that you can have a fighting game where everybody is D-tier and there are no A-tiers in the game? Oh, I do yeah, so that everybody sucks. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I mean, theoretically, kind of, but A tier and S tier usually is related to which character can win the best. And so even if everybody sucks, one of them is going to be able to win the best, you know? And then from relation yeah. to that, 
And that's why, yeah, that's the argument that, oh, okay, well, then that means that you, in a game like Street Fighter V, there has to be a D tier because they can win the least. No, the ranks are all kind of within the relation of who can win the best. And I don't think anybody in Street Fighter V is, like, that much worse at winning than everybody else. You know what I mean? So There, there are two things going on in the proper tier list, in my view. One is that the tier names signify how strong of a character the character is in sort of an absolute sense. How many options do they have, right? That kind of thing. Like, what can they do? To me, that's what the tier name is about. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then the relations of the different characters. That's the second thing that it's about. And that shows which characters are top tier and which characters are bottom tier and which characters are mid tier and all that stuff. And even if a game is comprised only of characters who are all A tier or whatever, or all D tier, you're still going to have a top and bottom tier, which is what you're talking about, but having a character, having a game with characters only in A tiers, or A to B, whatever, means that those are all pretty good characters, and a a game that only has characters in D tier means that everybody sucks, and while that could be balanced, I think to go back to the discussion about balance versus fun, that would not be fun. If everybody works... (laughs) That if everybody been... had no options, if everybody, if the only options that, char- that characters had were just unsafe things, and you were just like making weird bets with your life constantly, and there's just no, there's no like good reason to do anything other than what if the other person does even a stupider thing first, then I, yeah, I think that kind of game sucks. That's pretty rare. One came out not too long ago, but that that is rare, and I'm not into it. So right. I, I don't know. To me, a game that's all D tier characters would not be worth playing. Well, the more you talked about it, the more that made me think of Justice League on the Super Nintendo. Oh, boy, was that game awful. (laughs) And uh, nobody could buffer anything, and there was, like, no options for anything. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) That game might have been a game with nothing but D-tier characters, but then there's just no fun to it. Oh, man. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. All right. The top five best V-triggers in SF5 Season 5. G. I even actually answered this on Twitter, and now I forgot what I said. G. Colleen. G V-trigger 1, to be clear. Colleen V-trigger 2, to be clear. Urian. Uh, Yeah, Urian. SA3. I would say Bison VT2. Okay. I would say Cody VT2. And then I would say Akuma VT1. Cody, huh? Yeah. Even though Cody's not the, not that super strong of a character? Boy, I think if that character did not have V-Trigger, it would be in big-time trouble. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I recognize that it's a good V-Trigger, but... Yeah, but, if you want to put Bison in there, that makes sense to me. Well, no, it's not, it's not that. It's not It's not whether it's Cody or Bison. It's just that it's hard. For, again, maybe it's the tier list kind of argument again. It's hard for me to think of a V-Trigger being one of the best when your character is not considered one of the top. You know, Imagine then, Bison without V-Trigger 2. Imagine V-Trigger 1 Bison. He's still top 10 for sure. Imagine Cody without V-Trigger 2. I think that character... Plummets. I mean, Absolutely I, plummets. I even think V Trigger One might be underrated for Cody. <laughs> to be yeah, honest, maybe. 
Maybe. You know, having some reach, having some chip. He's got a fast projectile. Whatever. It's V-Trigger 2 is setups and space control and damage and mix-ups. And, and set play, too. The, the, the set play yeah. that... Uh, that basically was popularized by automatic just kind of became the thing for everybody throw the rock Imagine, put... yeah these other characters imagine if colleen didn't have v trigger 2 if she just had v trigger 1 she'd be significantly less strong for sure g g v trigger uh 2 i still think is one of the better i would it's not top five or anything but it's one of the better v triggers so he wouldn't be too asked out but his v trigger 1 is definitely in my view the best in the game and Boy, that character with that thing going is See, quite I don't, a time. I don't even know if Colleen was irrelevant until she got V-Trigger 2. She was always kind of in that conversation of potentially being strong because her footsies were so good, because her normals were so good. V-Trigger 2 good. definitely... She's a good character. Yeah. V-Trigger 2 definitely helped. But, yeah, okay. I can definitely see that. Just because without it, then Cody is pretty much just not as significant the ones i'm trying to remember my tweet i think i said bison's v trigger 2 was right outside of that top yeah, five uh-huh. i think i put blanca v trigger 2 i think i put abigail v trigger 2 somebody else yeah. maybe laura and then honda those are my i think those are my top 10 honda v trigger 1 yeah really interesting okay okay I like it. I'm down with that. There's a lot. Honda's got a couple of good V-Triggers. He's not. Okay. Even if he didn't have V-Trigger 2. Still be alright. Anyway, that's it. Anything else to say about these? Uh, nope. I've got nothing else to say. I mean, one of the things that I do kind of want to address, what can a person do if they're in a bad community? I, oh, yeah. I don't know. I have... I, like, I, I there's been one particular community that someone's talked to me a lot about that the community is just really terrible and vile and everything like that. And I know some of the people in the community. And the hard part is I'm getting the story from one side. I don't know how to address this. You know, do you just try to talk to the people that... I mean, they're, they're trying to get me to, to address it and, and, and stuff, but... Like I said, I I I I don't. I'm not sure what to do. To be honest with you, I'm not sure how right. to handle the situation. So, uh, it's a, it's an interesting conundrum there. But if you are in a bad community, uh, one of the things that you can do honestly is just, uh, you know, just don't be involved with it. Maybe even try to start your own better community if you can. Or yeah, I think that's a good thing to say. It's not easy to do, but you can certainly do things easily online at least. You can create a new Discord if there's a Discord that sucks. Right. You know, if there's if the web form you guys are on, if you're on Facebook posts or whatever, you can create a new Facebook like group. Right. You can create a new Discord. There's not a lot of work that goes into that. If it becomes successful, it be- can become a lot of work to manage. But the initial starting of it is like not super big. Maybe more difficult to convince people to actually come over. But I think that that's something to do. Uh, and I mean, remember, we're all stuck online and. Offline communities are mostly fun. And As that's, we've talked that, about many times over the last few months, there have too often been bad things that have happened in them. But it's certainly more positive overall than online where yeah. negativity can spew a lot more easily. So even yeah. even you know, game communities that may be currently suffering from some negative PR, 
offline they're mostly cool they really <laughs> are and that's a different story and right now it sucks because we're all stuck online and it's kind of hard to get that yeah. kind of feeling I mean, the, the the example that I was giving was one that was offline and was happening oh, okay. much earlier. Awesome. Like, was like I was being told of this like a year or two ago. So, hey, yeah. all right. So, that sucks. Mm. All right. Okay. Let's get to other game issues. There's not a lot of news. In straight up game front, in Mortal Kombat 11, there was a small update that basically fixes bugs and now some crushing blows and brutalities work that I guess didn't work. Huh. They also put in classic outfits for Katana, Jade, and Scarlet, and I know a lot of people are happy about that. So if you'd like to see how they looked in olden games, there they go. Also, Ed Boon had a tweet in which he implied that there would be more Mortal Kombat stuff coming. So this is a tweet. Maybe you can put this up on the internet. Because hmm. it's kind of hard to explain, just by me talking about it. Oh, it's a meme picture. Got it. It is a meme. That's right. Okay. Uh, let's see if I... Good old Ed Boon community. The Ed Boon community. Do my funky dance over here with stuff on my monitor. Dance it. There you go. Oh, actually, I only put the picture up there. I forgot to put the rest of the tweet up there. Let me do that again. <laughs> oh, man. There we go. All right. So, here's the tweet. As you can see, he implies that they are not even close with a K to being done with Mortal Kombat 11. So, that's cool. I don't know if that's news, really. And this guy's a trickster, as everybody knows. So, who knows whether you can even take this seriously. But I thought that was cool to point out. Okay. Shoutouts to Ed. That's it. That's all I got for other game news. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, there wasn't a lot, like I said. Yeah, community news, or did that was that we already covered that too, huh? Uh, we did a bunch of it, but there's some more. Okay. So just news today. A couple young brothers who play Street Fighter, Mario DB and Luigi DB. I guess have been having a bad living situation, and I don't know the circumstances, but Dr. Danny Pham put up a tweet in which he talked a little bit about what's going on with them, again, really without divulging any details, but um, you know, saying that they had a bad situation and, and that he wanted to help raise money for them to get out of it, which is great. So he is putting together an exhibition charity stream. He'll be commentating, Punk will be commentating it, and Justin Wong will be commentating it. They're still working on other details, like which players will be playing and that sort of stuff, but... That will be on Friday, and his stream, if you're curious, like I said, the other details will be coming out uh, before then. His stream is twitch.tv slash D-R-D-A-N-N-Y-P-H-A-M, Dr. Danny Pham. So check that out. Uh, he also has a GoFundMe up for it, and they've already raised a lot of money in just a few hours. Well, it's at 6600 now. That's Whoa, incredible. Wow. Okay, okay. Out of out of 10,000 is what they're looking for. Dang. So, you know, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. 
Great I mean, job to I think it was for putting this together. I think it was Mario DB who even made top eight at uh, uh, CA West. Was it? Did he? Did he make it? Or I know one of them was in top sixteen uh, at least. Yeah, it was probably Mario. I think that seems that seems right. I mean, they've both yeah. been they've both been playing a lot. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're on the higher ranked end on the West Coast, like you run into these guys all the time in Street Fighter. I have run into them all the time. I usually lose. <laughs> They're really good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so check it out. I'm gonna put the GoFundMe in the chat. Okay. Good work to Danny Fam for doing yeah, that thing. That's gonna be a tough the- one. That's going to be a tough one out there. I mean, you know, trying to get somebody into a better living situation, I mean, you can get them there, but, you know, it's going to be a lot of work for them to to maintain that kind of a situation as well. So, yeah. Yeah. But good luck to them. Good luck to everyone. And, again, you know, fighting game community tries to do stuff for each other. And Nathan's trying to eat the mouse cursor on my screen right now. It's hilarious. That is hilarious. The Bud Light Beer League is back with Tekken. In fact, it started today. This was the first event, was actually today. But uh, we didn't talk about this last week, so I just wanted to mention it. It is in US East and US West, two different regions. Free entry. It's being played on the Steam version of Tekken. There's a $15,000 total prize pool, $1,000 pot every week, $2,500 pot for each finals. So there's quite a bit of money involved for players. Check it out. They, I will put up the tweet into the chat as well, and then I'll put it up on the YouTubes as well in case anybody's interested. There you go. Okay. Look into that. Also, can you put this up on the internet? Uh, the thing that I've highlighted here? Oh, okay, sure. In the right. show? This one's cool. Oh, whoa. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's an official... So somebody Ooh. with actual manufacturing capability has created a split box, which is so cool. It's so cool to see. Yeah, check it out. Oh, and so, is it like the... It's like the, the... The Beat Mania controller. You can actually plug the joystick in on others, either side. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Yep, it's supposed to be so that if you'd like to, you can play with right hand on the stick or left hand on the stick, and you can flip, flip it around. And there's a little cord that goes between them, so you can separate them to some degree. I don't know how modular that part of it is. Can you just swap out the cord for another cord to get more distance? I don't know the answer to that, but I think that's so cool. No, I royalties. I think this is great. I think it's awesome that other people are actually producing this kind of stuff. I think, personally, there's some things that I don't like about the design. As you can see, when it's in the sort of holder, there's a holder that keeps it together. There's like a platform that it goes on. Yeah. And to me, that's a pretty inelegant solution to that problem of how to actually keep the pieces together. What I would love to be able to do is have a little sliding and latch technology. The two sides could just like slide in to each other. Yeah, yeah, That, to me, would be the ideal solution. I don't have the manufacturing capability for that, but I feel like this company probably would. They just didn't do it that way. But in any case, I think that's awesome. So cool. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Good work. Love to see that kind of thing. Taking your idea. Alright, look, I purposely put it out there because it's something that I was hoping other people would take up. 
I think that's so cool. Uh, I mean, I briefly wanted to talk about uh, Gutex and conspiracy theories. And just, like, how bummed I am about that. That he has, I guess, fallen into this neck of the woods. I don't want to speculate on what the reason for that is. Or, like, mental state or anything like that. I don't think that that's reasonable to do. But uh, it sucks. I'm, I'm sad about it. You know, I'm disappointed about it. I don't really know what to say. Uh, I'm wearing a shirt that I got from him. Which, which is, I think, is a cool shirt. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've known that guy for a long time. I would never say that we were, like, super close friends, but, like, we've known each other since, I don't know, 2005, mid-2000s. And that's a long time to know somebody. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a big bummer. It's not, well, I don't know. But he hasn't talked about QAnon stuff. It's more like, coronavirus isn't real or the pandemic is over is the solution and the pan- yeah the-, the pandemic's over yeah i have i have and i am not the only one who's reached out uh i mean i'm not gonna i don't want to like divulge anything personal or whatever but um that hasn't been terribly fruitful and i i hope that other people will have a better time with that i just i don't know i don't know but i think that that's it's just a big bummer. I don't know. That's sucks, <laughs> right? I don't really know. I, I don't have like anything profound to say about this. I just wanted to like express my. I don't know. I'm like sad about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's. It, I, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's a tough, it's a weird time, and like. I don't know what this quarantine or this pandemic or this lockdown is doing to a lot of people. I feel like I'm going insane half the time as well. And that's one of the trickiest parts of kind of going crazy is that you don't know you're going crazy, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, I don't, I don't want to get into like what his mental state may be, or I've seen a lot of people speculating about that. And true, true, true. I don't think that's reasonable to do, but it nevertheless remains. It's like upsetting and sad. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm sure the people who know about the story have, have read the the post on Reddit that he made, and it's just it's not a it's not a good look. Let's just put it that way. So it's uh, no, uh, no, it is not. Yeah, I just hope whatever's happening, I hope someone can help him through it. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that has to be something that he's open to. Yeah. But I certainly hope that that happens. All right. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't really. I mean, what do you, I don't know what you say about that. In right. Like yeah. Uh huh. It's just. It's like you said. It's it's hard to talk about, and you don't want to yeah. go down the hole. Wow, he's gone insane. You know, like you don't want to do that. It's just. It's oh, not fair. God. It's not fair. So. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Like, honestly, I just I, like I said, all I can really say is that this quarantine is really, it's it's lockdown is is getting to a lot of us. It's, 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 yep. it, it really is. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of empathy to be had, you know, for just people trying to maintain, you know, I, I don't want to call it their sanity, but just this 
feeling of normalcy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is life. This is life. And it's hard to accept that it's like this right now. I mean, I asked my brother how his kids are reacting to it. And interestingly enough, the kids react to it probably better than a lot of adults do because it's just another weird thing. And that's what kids deal with, right? Right. Oh, yeah, well, Everything's new to them. Why yeah. not something new like this? <laughs> it's like, yeah. you mean this doesn't happen to everybody? You know, that kind of thing, you know? If they when they grow up and they have kids, they'll be like, "Let me tell you about the time when we were kids." You know, yeah. you're lucky you don't have to, you know, kind of situation. So for yeah, a lot of older people, I can see why it it's hard to accept and it's hard to believe that this is actually happening because it feels like it's getting in the way of everything that you're doing, and the desire to not want it to is very strong. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. That's definitely true. Anyway, I don't know what to say about Gutex, but like, I hope we'll be able to hang out at some point again in the future. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. All right, that's all I got for news. There's some upcoming stuff. This coming weekend is the CPT Online NA East. It has as predictably stacked as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Every pool has killers in it. And that's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be commentating it with St. Cola, like I mentioned before. So that'll be fun as well. There's also Animevo Week 4. I mentioned before which games they are, but I'm going to tell you again as I load it up here. Blaze Blue Central Fiction for Europe. Million Arthur Arcana Blood for North America. Nitro Plus Blasters for Japan. Weiss Schwartz uh, Global. Eternal Fighter Zero NA Plus Europe. Melty Blood Actress Again Current Code for Brazil. Blaze Blue Central Fiction for NA East Coast, Guilty Gear Accent Core Plus R North America, and Blaze Blue Central Fiction for NA West Coast. Dang, okay. Packed weekend for them. It is definitely a packed weekend. Okay. And then, lastly, I wanted to talk about the PlayStation Open series. We mentioned this when it began, which at this point is a little while ago, but just to keep people up to date, uh, they have been continuing to run tournaments for Mortal Kombat 11 and some other games as well and this uh, what day the 28th so that is to do it quickly in my head I don't even know what today is that I had to look that up first on Friday uh, Mortal Kombat 11's monthly finals will be happening okay so just you know keep an eye open if you're interested about that there was a tournament today a couple of tournaments today both Europe and North America for PlayStation MK11. Okay. So they're still doing that. Alrighty. Alrighty. There you go. A little bit of a shorter episode today, then. Um, Shoutouts to the Rocket Arena devs. They have a patch up, and it's significant, and it changes. It buffs a few characters. Oh, really? Yeah. When did it come out? Today. Oh, cool. Okay, okay. And they put up a post on their Reddit, the r slash Rocket Arena, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's really in-depth. They really went into why they made the changes that they made. Cool. They put up a whole set of paragraphs on each thing. They talked about their experience. They talked about how they felt about characters internally, but how the difference between that and how the community feels about them. And it was real in-depth. And I always cool. appreciate that kind of stuff. But not just, here's the list of changes, but here's why we did what we did. Right. That's pretty cool. Okay. I mean, I actually got a chance to try it finally uh, this past weekend. 
uh, on Friday, we played a little bit of Rocket Arena, and you guys, you know, showed me the ropes and how to play the game and everything like that. Uh, pretty fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I do like a lot of the concept. It's very different than anything that I'm used to because when I was running around by myself at one point before I played just to get a feel for the game, I almost carpal tunneled the hell out of my hand because of WASD because I had my hand bent like this the entire time because I put my elbow on my armrest so it's diagonal but my keyboard is here. So I was doing this, so I have to like rotate my keyboard so it's like this, and yeah, my like my hand started getting sore from using the mouse. I just don't play PC games. I don't WASD. This is like the first time I've ever WASD this much, to be honest. And so it was a, it's definitely very different for me. It's a very new experience for me. But I did find aiming with the mouse is a lot easier than aiming with a with a analog stick. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, and um, sure. the other the other good news too was that after I finished playing it, uh, I I didn't get sick, you know. Uh, right. okay. I, I think the depth of field thing really worked. Like when I put it all the way out, it messed me up because then the edges start getting this weird curve on them that was like really weird. So I had to find like kind of like this nice middle ground. But then also I just think it's because it is third person more than it is first person as well helped a little bit so uh but yeah i mean just in terms of uh uh you know it is a new experience for me just to try to play keyboard and mouse style like that i've like 40 some odd years and i've basically never done that you know i i played half-life for a day a long time ago like 20 years ago outside of that never done it before so you know it's interesting well Maybe, like, get into ESDF instead of WASD. ESDF is uh, not the standard, but it's a little bit ergonomically better, just in terms of where the, the keys are. Hmm. Um, so maybe think about that in advance rather than having to, like, hurt yourself. Yeah. Maybe look up a better keyboard. Sounds like that's something you should look into. I mean, I can't use ergonomic keyboards because I don't touch type. So I literally cannot use uh, non-ergonomic keyboards. I mean, I can't use ergonomic keyboards. Like, it's it, it actually makes it so that I can't type proper. I can't type right. <laughs> Just because it's a little bit closer in, that's all. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean like... There's, there's more buttons. For ESDF, there's more buttons on the left, not just the right at that point. So rather than having to move your hand around to access as many buttons as you could in WASD, that is to say, in WASD, you can't access as many buttons immediately from right. your, the left side of your hand. Whereas in ESDF, you can access more, oh, which means gotcha. that you don't have to move your hand around quite right. as much to access as many buttons. Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing for me also is that I'm not actually at a computer desk. So I'm playing on a keyboard tray, so I actually have also very limited range. So like Tubo was saying, he has the uh, mouse set to very low DPI, so he has a big giant mouse pad, so in order to swing left and right, like I can't. If I move my mouse like two inches, it's off the keyboard tray and it's fallen, right? And uh, people will be like, well, why don't you just put it on your computer desk? And my response will be, what computer desk? The reason why I'm always looking to the side <laughs> is because that's where my monitors are. And the monitors are literally sitting on a sideways bookshelf. 
Like right. they're just on a sideways bookshelf because we have this table here, which was for the talking and everything like that. I didn't want to put the monitors here because then they'd block the camera view and all this stuff like that. And so the setup that I have is very, very awkward. So even if I put my keyboard on my table, I'd be playing like this with my neck to the side this way the whole entire time. And that would kill my back. So why don't you use the screen that's right in front of you? Uh, the TV screen over there? Um, yeah. I've just never tried to, 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 to hook it up that way. Oh, maybe look into that. Uh, maybe. I'll have to try to figure out a way to make that work then. I use Spacebar SDF, the true layout of Kings. That's oh, right. You it's usually you, players. You, you use Spacebar for forward? Correct. Just oh, like a hitbox. Okay. Interesting. Face bar SDF. Genius. Yeah. It's weird because like I've just never plugged my computers into TVs. I've just never plugged my computer into a TV. Like it's well, always... nowadays TVs and monitors are like the same thing. Yeah, and like my old man brain has never quite co like done that. You know, I mean, hell, I, I was even trying to get a stupid freaking pad to work on the PC, and that was work, so, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I use E for jump. So, spacebar, SDF, and then E is jump. That so is crazy. <laughs> like, I put I everything on the mouse. I tried to, I have a mouse that actually has multiple buttons, so I tried putting everything onto the mouse, so... I have yeah, E because E, so I've thought a lot about this ergonomically, and with this layout, I'm moving a lot less. With ESDF and then spacebar, um, I'm having to change a lot between uh, fingers, finger positions to also access other things, other buttons that are around. Throw, shoot, whatever, special move or whatever that the game has. Whereas with this, I don't need to do that. You jump less than you press forward. You jump a lot, especially in this rocket arena. Uh -huh. But you jump less than you press forward. So you have access to that jump button. Instead of pressing that jump button, you could press the buttons that are next to it, which I have set up to be right. like special moves and stuff like that. So hey, you guys have it, it results in less wrist movement and finger movement, and that's good for me. You said you guys talk to the devs all the time, right? You need to. Uh, I mean, not all the time, but like they hang out in the Discord with us sometimes. Yeah, when you talk to them, you should ask them to make it so that you can assign anything to anything you want on the pad. Yeah, that I think that be, they have talked about that. I think that would be nice because I want to be able to play with the pad and then the mouse. Like I actually want to play with the with the controller here, so I can move with this and the mouse. Problem is, I don't have enough access to buttons, and since you can't custom config, I can't put throw item and uh, jump on this side over here, which is what I want, because wow. they That's... just don't give you that option, so. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah, because that way I can actually move around like this, and then I can throw item here, jump with here. You can either have the left button or the left trigger be jump, but you can't ever set one of them to toss item. So in other words, if I played it this way with the mouse aiming and move with the control like this, I wouldn't be able to throw items. I can just jump and that's it. So unless I put the throw item onto the mouse, but then I would lose either secondary or whatever like that. So, you know, 
Yeah, it would be a curse. Right. We 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 control scheme for sure. Or does Wooly actually play that way? Does Wooly actually play with a control pad? Pretty zany. I like the creativity though. Yeah, because WASD is hard for me. It really is hard for me to play. So uh, it's just it's just odd. You, I'll get used to it eventually, I'm sure, if I keep playing it. Eventually, I'll get used to it, but it's very weird. Hmm. Pad plus keyboard. Cool. Yeah, pad plus okay. keyboard. Oh, Wooly does do pad plus keyboard. There you go. See? So I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. I'll have to ask what he does. Maybe he has a special program that lets you remap what button on the controller maps to what, and you can kind of customize it that way. A lot of games are just pretty open with it. Yeah. So we entered a Fall Guys event. It was called the Friday Frenzy, and Tenno put it on. And there were a bunch of different teams. Our team was James and me, and Keats and Tubaware, and we were Team Fart Milk Table. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think that game, as I have expressed on this program, is a pile of garbage. But I do think that it's a lot of fun to play with friends, not because of the game, but because my friends and I are hanging out. And I thought that was cool. And... On top of that, we got first place. I feel like we got first place. <laughs> we, won the, we won the event. <laughs> Look, that is a game... Congratulations, us. That is Other a... people were training a lot. We didn't train at all. That was James's, like second time playing the game. And we, uh, we feel like we won it. That game, you can write a dissertation on in terms of game design okay. on why it is the one of the worst games designed and at the same time why it is one of the most geniusly brilliantly designed games like it has to be in order for it to have the success that it has right now they designed it perfectly bad and it's just it's such a fascinating game for for that reason honestly like, if you want to talk game design, like, that is a masterclass in making your game so compellingly normal and unget goodable at that it can achieve popularity. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. There is, there is a small skill ceiling. It's not zero. And it's exactly. Not exactly. High. It's enough that people feel like that there's enough to get good at, yet the game is designed enough in a way that people who are significantly not as good at video games as you can still beat you, that it's perfect. Like, if the controls were better, if it didn't have, like, the ridiculous amount of input lag by default that it has, yeah. it wouldn't be as popular. Honestly, it just wouldn't be. It's like it's like the perfect design game. It's like that one. It's like the movie that comes out that everybody goes sees and is a box office smash. Yet has no artistic integrity whatsoever. You know of the wow. of, of the film. That's kind of how it is, honestly. And you you say that, and it sounds like an insult, but that m movie made more money than anything else. It's not yeah, really yeah. an insult, <laughs> you know. <laughs> basically is the way it is. Yeah, it's like Fast and the Furious, exactly. Who's going to sit here and talk shit about Fast and the Furious 5, dude? Like, who's going to talk shit about that game? 
that movie. Like, you watch it and you're just like, this is great, right? It's like you walk away from it, you feel good. The Rock and Vin Diesel fought each other, and Vin Diesel's not allowed to lose. That's part of his contract. And so, um, you know, it's like you walk away and you have super fun with it. So, and uh, if you were hoping for something with more depth, go look somewhere else, basically, is how it is. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not into it. I find it really uninteresting. I don't think that it controls nicely. I think the strategy's low. I don't have a lot of positive words to say about it. But I do I do understand that it's popular. And it looks like people are having a lot of fun. Like I I, I would like to enjoy it. It's like how you know how some people's just sort of their taste buds genetically can't taste cilantro in a positive way. It tastes like soap to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, you about it, right? And I have a friend who uh can't his cilantro and onions taste like soap to him. And he's always like, Man, I wish that I could taste onions and cilantro like everybody else, because you guys are having a great time with it. I feel like I'm missing out. Like I'm missing out. There's something in Fall Guys that I'm missing out on. Is that is that I don't know what it is. Is that also true for onions too? Yes. Is is that why like Flo hates onions so much? Maybe he's one of the. I don't soap know what people. Flo's deal is, but yeah, some people are yeah. are that way. Interesting. Okay. So I feel like there's something in Fall Guys that I'm not seeing, or I'm genetically predisposed to not enjoying in a positive way. I don't know, but whatever it is. I mean, like I for really example, there's the whole game where you run down, and some of the doors are real, and some of the doors are fake. Like, there's just, like, if everyone played it the right way, you wouldn't have a game. Everybody would run and stop until someone else knocked the door down first to see which one's the real door so you don't waste your time slamming into a bad door. But because there are so many people who are playing the game wrong, it makes the game so that there's a right strategy. You know what I mean? And that's that's kind of the, 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 the weird conundrum of it. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that actually makes sense. Also, I do enjoy Mario Party. I think Mario Party can be a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun nights with friends playing actual party games like that. Yeah. And there's something about those games that, to me, even though they can be quite quite random and unfair, they're fun and funny. And... I. I don't know, I'm just not getting that vibe about this well, game. Well, I mean, like, some people are saying, like, they play the game just to troll. There's definitely a lot of trolling out there, right? There's definitely a lot of trolling out there. Uh, so I totally get it. I totally get why it's fun. That's just the thing is I, I can't sit here and say that people who enjoy the game are, are Philistines or whatever like that. I totally get it. And I yeah, recognize the genius of the game that it has managed to, to pull in that kind of audience, you know? So I, wow. I don't, I don't know, even hate... The, I don't, the genius conspiracy theory of Fall Guys may use fake players to fill up spots. I love it. What if, what if Fall Guys just codes in idiots who are going to find that door because they're just going to run themselves into it? <laughs> it's absolutely possible. There's Genius. a lot of games that do that, actually. So, <laughs> Just like uh, 10 out of the 60 or something are just zero-brain computers right. who will just run straight forward. Maybe. 
I mean, I'm an old man when it comes to video games now. I recognize that. I'm like super fuddy-duddy, even to the point where that one game that everybody keeps trying to send me videos for, there's that new game based on the Monkey King that's coming out in the by a Chinese studio out there. And it's uh, it's beautiful. It's based off of Chinese mythology. They have a lot of, uh, chi- like, the dialogue's all in Chinese and everything. It looks really beautiful and everything like that. And I saw it, and... Um, I wasn't excited. <laughs> I wasn't excited because mm-hmm. it was a 3D action game. <laughs> like the guy ran up, hit a bunch, and then did the roll dodge. And as soon as I saw right, him right, doing right. roll dodge to avoid everything, I was just like, ugh. And it just it just makes me realize why I hate 3D action games. Because like, the thing about it is 3D, 3D games, there's no precision. There's just literally no precision because you can't replicate how you'd want to move in a 3D space. In real life, you like what the, the problem with it is that 3D games add more to the realism so that the game can no longer be a game. You know what I mean? Like, for example, because you're in a 3D view and you see three people running at you like this, right? Like in real life, if I want to hit all three of them, I could just be like, like Ninja Star, Ninja Star, Ninja Star. But in, in like in this game, you have to have lock-on mechanics or rotate the camera or do all this weird stuff. You know, a lot of 3D games, you get hit from behind because you don't see someone coming up. The only reason why the roll mechanics exist is because there's no way you can actually avoid damage in a logical way in a video game. Except for turning yourself completely invincible and removing yourself from the environment. You know, the the way to make it work is if you really gamify it like Arkham. The Arkham games are beautiful because, like, the guys clear across the screen and you just magnetize to attack them as long as your combo is going. And the way that you avoid everything is that you get the little squiggly lines, you get the spidey sense on Batman, and you get to actually uh, counter everything, right? In first-person shooters, you have to have the red lights show you where you're getting shot from which I just think is inherently like one of the worst video game designs ever because you can't avoid it. And why can't you avoid it? Because if you play a game like Contra, an enemy can run up to you, shoot a bullet at you, and the bullet goes, and then you can jump over it. But in a 3D game, if someone shoots you and you see the bullet coming at you like this, like that, there's a disassociation with it all of a sudden. So you can't avoid these things, and so these games make it so you just get shot, your screen flashes red, you lose life, you go cover, you crouch, and you gain your health back. Like, these are all concessions to the fact that 3D platforming and gaming doesn't work. Sejiro Miyamoto's even admitted this much, which is why he gave Mario a water pack in Super Mario Galaxy, in Super Mario Sunshine, because he knew the platforming was so inaccurate, he wanted to give people a way to float and land again. And then Galaxy, he just got rid of walls and cameras in general. So, like, it's just, it's, it's, you can't, like, it's just not, 3D, I just don't think, like, you have to gamify it. And I don't think enough people are trying to gamify it. So that's why I really like Arkham. God of War was really good because they also threw Kratos more into the middle of the screen. So it was more like a top-down game rotated. You're playing more of an overhead action game kind of rotated down so you could fight in all 360 degrees. But a lot of these new games, it's literally you stare at your character's back. And that's another thing I hate too because you have this awesome character and if your character's Batman, you stare at a cape for like 90% of the game. Like, you don't even get to see Batman, right? <laughs> so, 
Did you say Shigeru Miyamoto? That's how I used to say it a long time ago, and I'm I'm, I'm stuck with that. That's way. the thing about that whole rant that I can least put up with. Was, <laughs> You're right. There was a lot about that rant that I can't agree with. Right. But <laughs> you hit me with the Shigeru, and I was like, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. even remember that, the rest of the word I was about to say. That was why, like, uh, uh, when Ibuki first came out. I couldn't say, I kept saying, I couldn't say the word shuriken right, right? Like, I kept saying it the wrong way. I can't even remember which way is the right way and the wrong way now because of the way that I just said it as a kid for so long. And so I have to fix it in my brain. So Shigeru Miyamoto is definitely one of them. So Because I've been saying Shigeru, like, since I was a kid. And so now I have to get rid of it. I have to reprogram my brain for that one. Well, I called it, uh, I, I said Helian in Link for like 20 years yeah. until I realized it was supposed to be Hylian. That took a long time. The Legend of Cage? Now I say Hylian. Yeah, there was the Legend of Cage, which should be the Legend of Kage. Kage? Yeah, there was, uh, what was the other one that I just thought of too? That uh, Titus and Titus? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> from Final Fantasy X. I always called him Titus, and then it turned out his name is Titus, and I'm not happy with that. Shigeru, anyway. Yeah. Wow. What a conversation this was. Uh, hey, anything else to talk about tonight? <laughs> uh, you know what, Maneuverable? I wish it was Titus, but the voice actor was at the first Final Fantasy concert, in America at the Walt Disney Orchestra Hall, and he came out and said, Hi, I'm the voice actor of Titus, and that destroyed and shattered all of my dreams, and that was over at that point in time. <laughs> that was over at the time. Ugh. But like I said, I'm an old man, and I don't think 3D action games are actually real. I don't think Not they, real. I don't think that they can be... The way that they're trying to make them work these days, they need to rethink it. They need to rethink it. They need to gamify it more. They need to make it more of a video game and try to make it more enjoyable instead of just mashing buttons and rolling all day, which so many 3D action games are all about at this point. So, Sorry, everybody. I'm just going to let James get away with it. Uh, I, I wouldn't know where to start. So, dude, that's all Dark Souls is—is is fucking rolling and staring at your back. Like that's the whole game. <laughs> I played the game with the with so much weight, and I was doing the little stupid roll, and then everyone's like, "Take off all the weapons," and I did, and I could roll farther, and then all of a sudden the game was roll and attack. That's it. <laughs> that's the whole game. <laughs> oh man. There needs to be something more creatively done with them. I mean, look, when you play a 2D game, a lot of the times you look at the distance and you know you can make that jump. When you play Mario, if you run into a brand, if you're like playing Mario Maker, you will see the distance between blocks and a gap and you know you can make that jump. You automatically know you can make that jump. In 3D games, when you're running forward and you see this distance, sometimes you don't know if you can make that jump. There's no way to visually tell 
because you can't see the actual distance because they're trying to replicate some sort of real life. In fact, so many of these games, 3D games, when you do make the jump, they actually, you can hit the jump, let go of the controller, and they'll automatically magnetize you to make that jump properly as a concession to 3D platforming. So much to the point that when I played Laura Croft, I would make those jumps and let go of the controller, and then Laura Croft would stop moving and fall to her death. But that's just how I've gotten so used to just having magnetized jumps in every freaking 3D game. <laughs> Even Nathan is out there protesting. I heard him. <laughs> uh, and it's not real 3D depth perception. That's the problem, right? Because you can move the camera this way, that way, all the way. But it's not real. Like when you're looking at a 2D game and it's sideways, that's actual perception because that's real. 3D is a replicated kind of look. You tell him, Nathan, because I don't have the heart. <laughs> I'm sure that there was a Cranky Kong quote where when you go to talk to him and he's ranting all about the ancient days, I'm sure one of his quotes was like, I can't believe you kids have three dimensions nowadays when back in my day we only had two. Yep, absolutely. Didn't he definitely have a quote like that? Yeah. Probably, and it's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. It's true. All right. Well, James is going in the loser's bracket next tournament he enters. Sorry, everybody. This is why That's 3D it. games, I mean, it works mostly if you have, like, projectiles and stuff, right? And it's, ah, anyways, yeah. I'll do a whole Uncensored episode on this, and I'll rant about it. So that way I don't have to bother David on it. And I can put on the YouTube video, all opinions represent me and not David at all. So, <laughs> Okay, well, it's been mostly good. So have a good one, as we bird everybody. <laughs> People will learn one day that I am absolutely right about this. They will. Have a good week, everybody.